Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly. 2,000 years ago, his words came to pass. AD 70, Jerusalem surrounded by armies. The temple destroyed. Sacrifices ceased. The end of the age. So where are we at on the prophetic timeline of history? Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, and that we have been made kings and priests to reign here on earth. The Revelation Red Pill, the kingdom of God is now. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hey guys, welcome back to Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. We have with us a very special guest that we've been excited about for a week since Corey Gray told us, I've got a guy. We're like, we need somebody. He's like, I got a guy to cover the topic that we're going to get into tonight. David Sorensen uh, from Belgium is in the house. Now he's not in Belgium. He's here in the United States, but he has been preaching and teaching the what we call revelation red pill for a really long time god has downloaded this into him and tonight we're going to go into a, a something different up to this point we've been going into like Matthew 23 and 24, biblical imagery, and a lot of things to show you from the Bible standpoint why we have a victorious eschatology, why we see a hopeful outlook and victory in the future. But when we mentioned what we, what we call modern end times theory, there's a start to that. It is not as old as you think. I've seen some comments. How dare you guys preach this stuff? It's been this this message that we believe right now has been taught for for ta excuse me taught for two thousand years, and we're like, no, actually, it hasn't. It's relatively new, about one hundred and fifty years old, and the origins of it are far more nefarious than you think. So this, to me has been the most anticipated episode of the entire Revelation Red Pill Academy or Wednesdays. So for you guys that have been waiting like I have to get to this, this is the most sensational. Like I was talking to David before the show I, and he said, it's actually shocking. <laughs> it's shocking. What you are going to learn tonight is absolutely shocking. David Sorensen, welcome to the program. We're so glad to have you. Thank you so much. I'm very excited as well. Talia. Yeah. So David, could you tell our viewers a little bit about yourself? Um, maybe your background and how you got into kind of the, the red pill taking on the world economic forum um, and, and all of that. Yeah, that's a very difficult question because <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> it's such an incredible life changing roller coaster. It changes everything. So, but you know, I'll give you a really quick summary. First, a little background about myself. Um, gosh, where should I start? Okay, as a kid, I've been taken to heaven by an angel. Wow. That was a very life-changing experience. He's, he stood next to my bed. He took me in his arms. Off we went, and I was brought before some heavenly council. And I knew God was there. Everyone was really kind, very friendly, you know, and I had to make a decision. I made, the I made a decision, bomb, I was back in my body. Whoa. Later, I had the same dream 
over and over again for months uh, where I saw the worship of heaven before the throne of God. Wow. I, was eight, I was eight years old. Wow. I didn't know what was going on. Why was I dreaming these weird things? Because it wasn't a choir. It was a whirlwind. It was an explosion, a festival. I saw beings, you know, we always use the silly word angels, but there are beings in heaven that are so spectacular. They are pure power, pure light, pure dunamis, you know. They're... So what wow. I saw as a little kid was this explosion of dancing, this this explosion of, of worship without any hindrance, where all these beautiful heavenly beings were like exploding all at once and circling amongst each other. And you would expect it to be some chaotic bumping against each other because everything was so fast, but there was an incredible, perfect harmony. Wow. So that left a very deep impression on me. I was like, I didn't know it was the worship of heaven. I only understood that like 20 years later. Wow. So as a kid, I was like, what is this? You know, anyway, I had a very deep longing for God as a child. Um, my mom often found me praying in front of a statue of Christ because that was the only point of connection I had. Right. Um, but then I, you know, traumatizing things happened in my family. Um, and the church that we were going to didn't know the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So it was carnal, uh, flesh gossiping, you know. And so I stepped away from the church. And in that time, I had had an, a car accident where I was chased by a bunch of bad guys. I fled on the road. Um, a car came full speed, hit me. I flew through the air. And a lady at the side of the road leaped forward and caught my head right on time before it crashed on the concrete. Oh, my gosh. So that was incredible. And I've had accidents like that so often in my life. Wow. Falling from the stairs and falling from, you know, heights that people, thought, you know, so it's been interesting. <laughs> wow. But um, so I turned away from God because as a result, there was so much going on in my life that was so painful. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that accident, I, de I developed a stutter. But not just the accident, also other things, traumatizing things that had happened. So I couldn't speak. I had a very severe stutter. And so one day I told God, if you are real, you know, if you want me, if you really want me, then you have to come and get me. Wow. Because this is too hard. And I had heard testimonies of people that were, oh, they went in darkness and drugs and all that stuff. And then God saved me. And then they loved God. I said, so I said, I probably need something like that to really love you. Because, you know, I'm, yeah. Anyway, stuff happened. I got into drugs. I got into the dark realm. I basically gave myself to the dark side. Because I was so broken, so rebellious, so angry, so bitter. And there was no reality. God wasn't real for me. I mean, I had these incredible experiences as a child. But as an 18-year-old, you know, you're surrounded with a harsh, cold, loveless world where you have to become hard to survive. Yeah. So uh, I totally, you know, I was like, this world is so uh, horrible. Mm -hmm. So I escaped with my friends at the Royal Academy uh, of Visual Arts. I escaped in drugs and all the sex, drugs and rock and roll, the whole shebang. 
I got an overdose. I ended up in a hospital. And my mom came and got me. The next day, she said, David, you need God. Wow. And the moment she said that, so you have to imagine, I was resisting God. I was running away from God. I was being the tough guy. I was doing kickboxing, bodybuilding. I was doing all, you know, stealing in, in shops. Even though I had a severe stutter, I was still kind of the gang leader because I was the wildest and the craziest, wow. you know? So when I do something, I do it for real. So if I was going to be the bad guy, I'm going to be the bad guy, you know? So... But when my mom said, after years of me pushing God away, and I was very strong in my mind, you know, when people try talking about God, I mean, I made them have it. But when she said that, lightning struck me. Wow. Everything inside of me, everything, my whole being knew that she was right. Wow. And so I knelt down with her. She called a pastor at two o'clock in the morning, an amazing guy. Even though he didn't know the Holy Spirit, he was far more godly than most charismatic preachers I've met. Mm. He just came exhausted from a whole day of pastoral work. He hopped in his car. He knelt with me on the floor at two o'clock in the morning and he led me in a prayer back to God. No, wow. That's amazing. Then I had experiences. One night I had an experience where I woke up and I was singing worship songs to Satan. Wow. Whoa. I had never done that in my life. Never. But I was singing a love song to Satan. Wow. And I woke up and I was horrified. I was like, I gave my life to God. What am I doing? And I felt the dark realm luring me back, you know, in a very weird way. But I was like, it ain't going to work, you dummies. I've made it. You know, I, I know how bad it is over there. I ain't going back. And then I, a, a Christian friend of mine had given me a, a, a little tape, you know, those old tapes. Uh, a music tape with a song from the Christian rock band Petra. Yes. And it was called, so it was called, This is My Creed. Mm. So it's like, I believe in God the Father. I believe in his only begotten son. Yes. I, you know, the whole statement of faith. And I, I knew I have to make a statement. I felt these demons all around my room. I was like, whoa. So I took that tape. I put it in the player. I put it on. And I heard those lyrics i believe in god the father and then he's jesus christ and i said out loud i made a conscious choice a decision yes that's what i believe when that happened in the invisible realm um a dam broke wow it felt like a dam and it was like a rushing waterfall of the presence of god just flooded me wow Oh, it's powerful. I've, I've got goosebumps off the top of my head. Making me emotional <laughs> thinking about it. So, what I, you know, and angels just flooded my room and I started dancing with angels. Whoa. There's no other way I can describe it. Yeah. I was just going around in circles and I was being led in this dance. I was like welcomed by heaven. Like, yay, you remade <laughs> your choice for us. Wow, here we are, you know. And so that was really incredible. Then later I had another experience where, so for for a season, well, right before I came back to God, I 
you know, I toughened myself and I was go going to be hard because it's the only way to survive in this cold world, you know? So I, and um, I, so I was listening to music that's called noise and trash. Mm. So I was in art academy and that's kind of, it's, it's just demons throwing up basically in a microphone, mm -hmm. you know, horrible stuff. Yes. And then a friend of mine gave me that same friend who gave me that other tape. He gave me a little uh, tape with music from a couple in the Netherlands who are called Ellie and Rickard. Oh, wow. They, they came out of the hippie movement and they were singing these very childlike, beautiful songs about Jesus. And, you know, in a very pure, very real way and i was listening to that and i mean this was it couldn't be more extremely the opposite of what i had been listening to mm -hmm. than this this was like really going from hell to you know some adult kids singing from their heart pure and just so so beautiful about jesus and i i thought how pure are they how incredibly pure are these people? And then he spoke to me. And he said, David, as a child, you were like that as well. Mm, that's wow. so good. And it shook me to the core. And I was overwhelmed by God who poured out his desire for me to be like that again. Mm. He said, David, I want you to be like that again. Be this pure, open-hearted, transparent, vulnerable kid. Mm. And I... I knelt on the floor and I started weeping so hard wow. because I knew I had built a false identity. Mm -hmm. I had lied to myself, you know, and I remember that I had a girlfriend back then and she told me one day, David, you're not as tough as you want people to think you are. Man, I was upset. Oh yes, I am. I have to, you know, so, but God showed me, David, this hardness that you've built around yourself. I, I, I want to take it off. Mm. And I was crying from the depths of my being to be pure and innocent again. Wow. At that moment, the ceiling over me seemingly vanished. And I saw I, I, heaven, probably. I saw something that had no end. And I saw a beauty, a glory, a power that is indescribable, just endless, unfathomable, unimaginable, just, a, just endless majesty. Wow. Out of that came two large hands. It came down and picked me up as a father picks up his little baby. And I literally came home. I literally came back home. Mm. So I had very powerful experiences with God when I mean, as a child, uh, by the way, my parents, well, they didn't want to, but when I was conceived, there was this voice that came to my parents, kill him. Wow. So they were thinking about abortion. Wow. And then they, they, you know, then, um, my, my, my mom heard a different voice and she kept me. Wow. And when I was born, she said that she held me in her arms in her hands in front of her. And she, and she said that that was the only time that she heard God's audible voice. And he said, give him a lot of love because I love him a lot. 
Wow. You know, and the reason that I, I, I've been through so much in my life, so many attempts to kill me. I even tried to kill myself. Mm. At one time, before I came back to Christ, I was sitting at 12 o'clock at night at, at a canal in Bruges. I don't know why I'm getting emotional about all this. I've told it a thousand times. Anyway, I took a knife, a very sharp knife, you know, for uh, like a cutter knife. And I was ready to cut my wrists mm. because there was no meaning in life. There was no love. There was no purpose, you know. And the moment I had that on my wrist, I heard a voice that said, and so this was when I was completely pushing God away. No God. God is for dummies. God is for idiots. God is for those, those old gossiping ladies in the church. You know, that's not, I, I want something that's real. And there was nothing real in the church. I mean, yes, there was, but you had to look a whole lot deeper, Yeah. which I wasn't able to at that time. But I heard a voice in the darkness say, David, don't do it. Mm. God has a plan with you. Wow. And I was like, what the heck? Uh -huh. I don't even believe in God. Yeah. What is this? But still I was like, who knows? So I got on my bike and I drove home. Mm. I rode home. So anyway, but um, so I had, when I came back to God, I had a, a real salvation experience. I, I literally was a prodigal son. Wow. I had loved God with all my heart. As a little kid, I, I mean, I adored God. I loved him. I wanted to dedicate my entire life to him. When people told, asked me what I wanted to be as a grown-up, I said, I want to go to Africa and tell the, the African children about God, you know? That was in my heart. Yeah. But then life and, you know, stuff happened. Right. And I turned away. Anyway, so I came back. So I had an incredible love for God when I came back because I'd been in hell. Right. I'd seen the demons. One day I was with a friend and we were smoking dope and I literally saw his face transform in the face of a devil. Wow. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> I freaked out. You're a devil. He's like, what? <laughs> you know, so that was God's way of showing me, David, mm -hmm. this is what you're dealing with right now. Do you realize that? Mm -hmm. So, so he's been trying to get but anyway so i came back as a prodigal son and i loved god with all my heart so i went out on my own i was i still had this severe stutter i couldn't speak so but i have a, a, a talent of graphics of of visual art let's put it that way so i made my own little posters and i went out into our city and I put up these posters about God in the bars and cafes. That's and right. I, I, you know, I was just going everywhere and I was trying everything. I, 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 everything inside of me was people have to discover this. People have to know this, that God is not a religion. Jesus is, is not a religion. He's not like what they tell us or show us in these ugly, horrible paintings from the Middle Ages. Mm. I mean, he's like, whoa, he's incredible, you know? Yeah. So, but, so I was very excited about that. I'm telling this because this is very relevant to the message about the end times. My heart, my soul was sold out. I was, you know, God had revealed himself to me in such a way that I was like, whoa, 
you know, and I never going back. This yeah. is too amazing, too wonderful. And, uh, you know, then I, I, I was indoctrinated in church about evil is going to take over the world and all that stuff, you know. Everything is going to get worse and worse and there's no hope for humanity and better have no children, you know, all that stuff. Right. And I developed this very dark mindset. Yeah. Like, you know, but then I was introduced to the Holy Spirit. Mm. I had a stutter, a very bad stutter. So, but still I was like this guy on fire who wanted to tell the world about Jesus. So I went to an evangelism camp in summer and we were going door to door to people and just, you know, as students who were asking people questions about God and religion. Mm -hmm. And then we started just telling them about Jesus. You know? <laughs> so, and I was always in these, these, these discussions with these people and I felt this power in me. <laughs> and even though I stuttered and stammered, I was always, and then there was this guy at that camp. And he was a medical student. And he said, David, do you know that I had a stutter as well? I had a very severe stutter. And he said, Jesus has healed me from it. Mm. And then he told me about that he had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I was like, oh man, that's so cool. I want that, you know, not stuttering anymore. How cool is that? <laughs> It's like unimaginable. Yeah. I mean, I, ha I had times where I called somebody on the phone and I couldn't get the sound of my throat. Wow. I picked, uh, I mean, they picked up the phone and I, and I went like. Oh, wow. Like I a couldn't say anything. Yeah. And I just, you know, and so it's pretty bad. I went to psychologists, speech therapists, psychiatrists. Nobody could help me. So when he said the Holy Spirit can heal you. I was all ears. So he introduced me to a couple in my hometown and I went there several times. Everyone in my church said they're from the devil. They're evil. They're Satanists, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit. No, experiencing God was just out of, you know, not allowed. Right. Who knows it's God? Maybe it's a devil. Right, you know? right, right. Exactly. So they said, yeah. This, yeah. Yeah. This whole fear thing to control you and keep you in your prison. Right. So, but these people, you know, they had something and I knew, and I was reading in the scriptures and they just, all they did was explain in scripture, you know, even Jesus needed to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Mm. Let alone we. And I was like, that's it. If Jesus needed it. <laughs> I need it. Yes. So then those people prayed for me and um, yeah, with laying on of hands and my whole body started shaking. I mean, I felt the power of God so strong and I thought, oh my God, if I'm going to put my hand on a hospital, everybody's going to be healed. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, my whole body was just buzzing and electrified. Man, you know, but still I was terrified. I was really afraid to surrender to this power. So I said, um, you know, well, I didn't say anything. I was like, I, I sat there and I felt the power of God and I felt in my spirit, I felt that something was bubbling up. Something was trying to, to come out of my mouth. The Holy Spirit was trying to just flow out of me. And I was terrified. I was so scary. 
I mean, losing control. I mean, yeah. giving, handing over the control of, of your tongue. Yeah. To something you can't, it's terrifying. Yeah. So, and I saw myself standing on a cliff, a very high cliff. And God said, jump. Mm. I, I was like, are you crazy? <laughs> I, I'm not going to jump from this. And then the lady who was praying, God spoke through her. And for the past weeks, I had been fascinated by two things. By the name of God, the Lord of hosts, which basically means the captain of the heavenly armies. Mm. I found that a very fascinating name. He is, he is, he is the captain of the, the armies of heaven, the Lord of hosts, you yes. know. And then there was a scripture in the Psalms that says, I've taken you by the hand and I will lead you. Mm -hmm. and, and you will um, take me up in glory. So this lady didn't know any of this, of course. And suddenly I heard her say, don't be afraid, my son. I've taken you by the hand and I'm leading you from victory to victory. Wow. Mm. And I will lift you up in glory. Wow. Says the Lord of hosts. Wow. And I was like, that's my daddy speaking to me. That's my God speaking to me. And I surrendered and warm. This heavenly language flooded out of mm -hmm. me. And these people who are praying for me, I mean, they exploded. The whole room exploded with the presence of God. And we were on our toes worshiping Jesus. And then he walked up to me. I literally saw him and he, he was radiant, radiant, shining light. And, you know, and this power came out, this incredible power oozed out of him. And he walked up to me and he said a few personal things to me. And I mean, that's it. I was like, people need Jesus. <laughs> and they need the Holy Spirit. Yes, they need yes. the Spirit of God, you know, so, so, so that Jesus can become even more real to them. Right. So anyway, I still had this stutter. And so then, you know, things happened. I started experiencing healings and miracles, you know, mm -hmm. God just healing people. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm not going to say this. God started putting in my heart an incredible longing for him mm -hmm. to me be made manifest in our midst. Mm. Wow. So that people wouldn't only talk about him, they would encounter him. Mm -hmm. They would love him. They would just experience him. They would be filled by him. Because that's what I read in the scriptures. Yeah. I was reading about Peter and Paul and John, and they were having these glorious outbursts of power. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. these guys were walking miracles, you know? And it wasn't their strength. They were feeble. They had struggles. They had issues, you know, but they knew the presence of God. Yeah. And so uh, um, God burned that in me. David, I want to be among my people. Mm. I want to be made manifest among them. And so when we were, you know, God set me up. So I, I, I went to a church one day and you know, God poured out himself over me and I wept for, you know, the whole meeting and I wept for an hour and a half driving back home and 
you know, just so much love of Jesus healing my heart, especially that healing was for the rejection in my church where nobody wanted to have anything to do with the beauty, the reality of my father and my Jesus that I was experiencing. Mm -hmm. Wow. They said, David, you've gone off track. You're massively deceived. You've been taken by the devil. And I was like, I know him more than ever before. Now I read the scriptures for hours on end. I pray and I enjoy praying because I experience his glory. How can you say that I'm deceived? So that really broke my heart. And it was, and I, I, I kept going to the church, serving them, you know, just doing everything to help the church. But there was no way of, they just didn't want to listen. Wow. Well, you know, and so I was in a meeting and this lady prayed over me and she started weeping over me. It was actually mm -hmm. Jesus through her. Wow. And I literally felt her tears dripping down my neck. She was weeping over me while she was praying. And that busted my heart open. I started weeping and that was an incredible healing. All the pain from those, you know, that time in the church that they didn't want to they just didn't want the reality of God. Yeah. And so the next day I went to that church. I mean, I had written an email to that lady. Greatest mistake of my life. I told her, oh man, I've, I'm so touched. I experienced God, blah, blah, blah. I came in the church. She said, David, you got to testify in front of the church what Jesus <laughs> did for you last week. I was like, ah, you know, I was like, no, no, no. I, I can't. can't, can't can't speak. Wow. She just grabbed my arm. She dragged me to the front. I got the microphone. I thought I was dying. I'm like, Lord, here I come. This is it. But then just my mouth opened and this river came out of me where I started wow. speaking. Wow. And th th this was a large church. Hundreds of people, you know, started applauding and clapping and cheering. And I was like, why are they doing that? You know, but God was just doing something. And so I started experiencing that in my brokenness, in my weakness, God could manifest his glory. Wow. And this happened time and again. I went to a school of ministry in England uh, and they also put me in front of the church in English. I stuttered in my own language, let alone in English, in a foreign language, in a foreign nation. You know, I was like, all my insecurities were magnified. But I just, you know, God put me in the, in the front. They asked me to give a testimony of three minutes about something I had experienced. What, I, I started speaking. The leader of the school of ministry behind me, he was like, go, David, go, keep going. Yeah, yeah, you know, I hope. And I saw faces of people that I didn't know. And I was speaking, I was speaking. And this river just flooded out of me. My whole body was shaking and vibrating. I felt the power of God and I was just speaking. And I saw these faces. After half an hour, the pastor said, I'm not going to preach anymore. God said what he had to say. All the people came forward. You know, there was this massive move of God, you know, and all people came up to me and said, oh, I'm so touched. And I was like, I saw your face. Wow. While I was speaking, I saw your face, you know, so God showed me the people I was, that he was ministering to while I was wow. speaking. Wow. I've never experienced that after. That was only one time. 
So that was another experience where God showed me, David, you only have to surrender. Mm. Don't try to be something. Don't try to do anything. Just let me be God. And so he burned in me this reality that God is real. Yeah. He's real. And so, and that he wants to work in our midst. He wants to show his glory. So then I founded my own church and my speech got healed by preaching under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Wow. He, he healed my soul. Mm -hmm. he, he healed my trauma. He gave me inner strength awesome. so that I could, you know, and that happened gradually. Mm -hmm. But we never prepared anything because I couldn't. Mm. But when I tried to prepare something, God always did something else. It was like, I worked on this for five hours. <laughs> he did something entirely different. And so one day, this is an exciting story, and we'll get to the end times, but this has everything to do with that. Everything. I, I had a Christian website called reallife.nl, real life. I told people, God is real, you know. And uh, there was a man who came into our church, and he said that he was addicted to Google. He was always on the internet, his okay. entire days. And... One, so he had Google as a start page. Every morning he woke up, Google. And then he surfed the internet all day. He was just an unhappy, old, lonely man. Mm. One day he started his computer and he saw, instead of Google, he saw our, our website, real life. He was like, what is this? I've never seen this before. He surfed it all day long. He went to bed. The next morning, it appeared again. He was like, how is this possible? It's happened for four days that he spent continuously on my website. Wow. After that, it stopped and it was Google again. So he came to our church. He, I mean, God touched him so profoundly. He, he stood there trembling under the power of God. Later, he, I mean... He had, he started, it just happened. He started praying over people over the internet through chat boxes, you know, video yeah. chats uh, everywhere. People got healed. He started prophesying over people, you know. So God just uses him in how he is through the internet, reaching out to people. Wow. So we had all these miracles with God. So then, you know, so my heart was burning for one thing. God is real. He wants to manifest himself and he is expanding the earth. I saw God all over the earth doing the same things. Wow. You know, healings, miracles, glory, manifestations. You know, in those days, those were the 90s. There were massive revivals in yes. South America. Yes. I read all those reports and I, I was absorbing everything. And God was showing me, David, I am manifesting my glory in the earth. And it's wow. going to be, be more and more. So then I thought, then, you know, but still I had this mindset that everything's going to get worse and worse. Satan yeah, is going to win. Right. You know, we're all going to be defeated. Right. Uh, we're all be, be beheaded, you know. Right. Uh, evil is taking over the world. So, and uh, so the Holy Spirit started speaking to me about what, what, what I was experiencing in my life was the opposite of the doctrines I had in my mind. Yes. In my life, 
I mean, we had these meetings where, yeah, one day there was this boy who had warts all over his face and we had no, no musical instruments, no team to worship with us, just me and a bunch of people. And I said, let's just worship God. Wow. And I started worshiping God on top of my voice, just everything. And the people exploded. And then this angel of the Lord walked in and this boy, all the warts on, on his face totally disappeared. Wow. And he got the face of a baby. So this, this is what we experienced. The presence of God, the reality, his victory over evil. Yes. And very often we saw demons manifest in our meetings too, where we just, you know, just worshiping Jesus. And suddenly there's this person who starts freaking out and speaks with a very weird voice, you know, and yeah, just a demon. And I've experienced that. I've noticed that whenever the, the spirit of God is really working powerfully in a meeting. The dark room will always be forced to manifest. Mm. They will always start, you know, yeah. it's being exposed so it can be dealt with. So uh, all these things, the reality of God was working in my life. And God was showing me, you are experiencing something that's the exact opposite of mm. what you're believing. You believe that the church is weak, that it's only a small flock, that they have no power, yeah. they have to hang on, you know, they have to try to survive, and the Antichrist is coming, yeah. and all that. So one day, so I mean, God started speaking to me in several ways. I had an email list in those days, and in that email list, I invited people for conferences, and, you know, I explained about the glory of God, presence of God, and all, all those things. And one day I got an email from a guy who said, David, you need to talk to my pastor. He believes the exact same things as you do. I was like, okay. I called the pastor. Turned out he didn't believe in the return of Christ. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we believed the same things, you know. But anyway, he said something. He said, David... Do you realize that if it is true that Christ is coming back physically to the earth to live on, in one physical spot on the earth, do you realize that if you want to meet him, you'll have to travel thousands of miles, stand in a, in a queue, probably for days because, yeah. you know, so many people will want to say hi to him. He said, do you realize that is the exact situation of the old covenant? Yes. Come on, where please. his presence was in a temple, hidden behind stones, and people had oh, to travel wow. there. We're dropping a mic. Yep. And he said, he said, David, we have the presence of God in us. We are his temple. Wow. He, he is with us. We are experiencing how near, how close, how real he is. Yeah. We experience his love and his glory. We are the temple of the living God. Yeah. That is the new Kevin. And he said, David, Christ gave his very blood for that. Yeah. He gave his blood so he could be with you. Yes. Everywhere and always. Do you think 
that he who gave his blood, his life, his everything, he died for us so that we could become his dwelling place. Yeah. Do you think he's going to shut that all down and bring us back to the old covenant where he sits mm. in the stone temple yes. thousand miles away from us? Yes, preach that. So that was a mind opener for me. That was like, whoa, he's, he's never going to do that. And so that launched me on a journey of daring to listen to what God had to say to me about this. Can I ask a question just real quick? Is Was this all happening in Belgium? This was in Belgium, but from Belgium, my main ministry was in the Netherlands over the internet. So this, this pastor that you talked to, where was he from? The Netherlands. And when you guys were talking, were you speaking in English or were you speaking in German in or... Dutch. Dutch. Okay, so to me, to just know that God is speaking this message of the kingdom around the world, that that is just absolutely huge to me. And I just wanted to pop in and have that visual of you getting this message in Dutch. And yeah. this is the same message that God gave to me in English. And it's, and it's, and it's everybody around the world who is in that presence of God is getting that. And it's blowing my mind. Yeah, Go ahead. Huge. Please keep going. Yeah. And that is so true. There are movements going on around the world where it's literally, you know, millions of people are hearing God say the same thing mm -hmm, at yeah. the same time. And they meet and they're amazed. God told you that? You're in Kazakhstan. Yeah. I'm in England. Mm -hmm. You hear the same things, you know? That's very exciting. But anyway, so, but something happened in my heart. So I, I had been very much despised and hated by the church in general because I was so passionate. Mm-hmm. And I called them out for having their structured little meetings where no presence of God is. Yeah. And where when God steps in, they kick him out. They say, God, you have no place here except yeah. in that corner in the back. You sit down and you shut up. I'm the preacher. I'm going to speak about you. But you don't you dare to say anything. Right. I am God here. Yeah. That's yeah. basically what the vast majority of preachers do. Yeah. And then all these worship teams, you know. I was invited in churches to speak and in youth groups and, and, you know, I often, we just kicked butt. We said, you're not worshiping. You're just singing songs. That's not worship. Worship is when you, the passion in your spirit bursts out yeah. and you join with heaven yeah. and you begin to, you know, you begin to rock the heavenlies with your worship. Yeah. You're exploding like a volcano. That's worship where yeah. you open the gates and the fire floods out because you love God so much. Yeah. That's when heaven comes down. Yeah. That's when demons are, are just freaking out and, and they're <laughs> fleeing seven ways. Yeah. yeah. So I, I wasn't liked too much in many churches because I, I, I brought the reality of God. Mm. You know, I, I, I was once invited into... A youth weekend in the north of the Netherlands and from a big church, a mega church. And they had several big youth groups and several youth leaders. One leader had invited me and I said, be aware, if you ask me, you're going to get fired. 
he said, oh, that's what I want. You know, please come. Okay, so I came. And the first night I started, you know, so I never prepare anything. But I'm like, Lord, I haven't got a clue what you want to do. It's not about me. It's about what, you know, these people, you know, their needs, you know, you know, what, what they need. Yeah. You have to just do everything. Mm -hmm. So I just stood there and I said, Lord, come and do what you want to do. And then he started speaking about his love. Mm. A guy stood up and ran out of the room screaming. Wow. wow. And it's all that happened was the love of God. And I started sharing how much he loves us. A God is love. He loves us. And so the next day, all the leaders came and said, David, this is going too far. So what's wrong? Yeah, you're bringing God too close. Uh, isn't that what it's all about? <laughs> that we draw near to God? Yeah. No, this is too much. People are freaking out. And then there was this girl, well, actually a lady, young lady. And I had prayed for her that night. And, you know, Jesus started showing how much he loves her. And she was weeping and I started prophesying over her. They said the next day, do you know that she is sleeping with a bunch of married men? I, I, I don't know. Jesus just poured out his love over her. You know, so what happened is that they had a split during that youth weekend. Those people who wanted to keep listening to me, they could go into a small back room and the others could just play games. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> so we went in the little back room, about 15 young people, all the rest, you know, they were playing ping pong and uh, table football and all kinds of, that's what they came to do to have a good time. They didn't come for God, you know, but those 15, so we entered into, into God's presence and I started prophesying over all of them. And they were so, they had such an encounter with God. Life's changed all over the place. The next day, they, I mean, they came out beaming. All the others were like, oh, I wish I was there. I wish I was there. Oh, I missed it. You know, like, well, everybody was welcome, you know. So, but that's, I experienced how so many Christian leaders, I, I don't know what that is. They just don't have a desire for God. Mm -hmm. All they have, it's about themselves. Yeah, exactly. You know, but so I had a desire and that's why I had been persecuted mm -hmm. and slandered by basically by the religious spirit, spirit of religion, mm -hmm. which is a very nasty, dark, spiritual it is, yeah. power that is assigned to keep the children of God in bondage. Yes. Keep them away from the real thing. Right. Keep them oppressed, keep them poor, keep them gossiping, keep them in the carnal state, keep them in fear, keep them sick, and just let them talk and talk and talk about God. Mm -hmm. Ah, preaching, ah, Bible study. I go to every Bible study. Oh, I pray all day. Blah, 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 blah. And they don't know nothing about the glory of Jesus. Right. So anyway, I, I knew what persecution was. But when God spoke to me about the, re the return of Christ... And it challenged me to start listening to him. Mm. I knew I'm going to lose everything. Wow. wow. They'll kill me. Yeah. 
Their right. I mean, I'm going to lose my everything I have in ministry. I'm going to lose it. Right. Because if you touch this, mm. all hell breaks loose. It is a sacred cow. Yes. Yeah. So I made a decision that night. That was the middle of the night. And I said, Lord, I've always given everything for you. Jesus, I don't know where this is leading me. Mm -hmm. I do know what this pastor said. It's as rock solid as anything. Yeah. You gave your life, your blood, your everything so that we could be close to you. So you could be with us. So we would be your temple. Right. Never going to bring us back to the situation of the old covenant. Right. It's never. Never. So, but I didn't know anything else. But I said, Lord, I know one thing. No, I asked him a question. I said, Lord, is this true? And he said, David, you know that it's mm. all about my presence. It's all about my presence with you yeah. right yeah. now. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm going to lose everything. Mm -hmm. So, but I made a decision. And I'm saying this because this is something every Christian leader has to come to. Yeah. yeah. Either we betray Jesus and say, you know, Lord, you know that I dedicated myself to you. You know that I surrendered myself to you. I've been at the altar on my knees, but I can't do this. Hmm. I'm not going to give up my connections, my oh. position, oh. my recognition, oh. you know, my fame, my money. I'm not going to give it up for you, Lord Jesus. Oh. So please don't speak about this to me. <laughs> I'm going to shut the door. You know, and keep doing what I always did. I got a word. And that's what. Yeah, go ahead. While you were saying that, that there are a lot of pastors that have this message that are sitting on it because of the reasons that you just said. And you know how we always say, well, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. People don't understand until they hear this message what the real gospel is. The gospel yeah. isn't that Jesus died and died for your sins. That's the avenue to the gospel. The gospel is yeah. that your sins are forgiven and now you can enter into the kingdom. The gospel is the kingdom of yeah. God. And That's so it. when we preach the kingdom of God, we're preaching the gospel and we have ministers out there that and are ashamed, ashamed of the, the gospel. gospel of Jesus Christ. They're only preaching yep. the avenue to the gospel, but they're ashamed to preach the gospel yep. and God is going to spew these people out of their mouth. So if there's anyone out, out, th out of their, out of their mouth, what I say out of his mouth, if there's anyone out there, yeah, out of their mouths, maybe who knows? Um, if there's anyone out there that is in the in, in in ministry, and you have this message solid in you, not that you're just learning it, but you have it solid in you, and you've been sitting on it, you have a decision to make because if you're not yeah. preaching it, you're ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and then you know uh, when I came out with this years later. God led me on a journey of about 10 years, 10, 15 years of discovering it. And, and, and then he said, now release it. So after I had done that, and I'll share more about that in a, in a little bit, there was this man who called me and he was the son of the largest Christian publisher in the Netherlands. And they, they were the ones who had translated all the books from left behind and, ah. you know, all those big, Oh my goodness. Big, yeah. End time books. Yeah. They translated them from Somebody's English. Somebody's got to translate Dutch. them, right? Yeah, and he said it made us millionaires. Oh. Yeah, even in a small country as the Netherlands. Wow. 
they earn so much money. But he said, David, we always knew there was something very wrong with it, but we couldn't really explain it. Boom. And he said, Even but, in the Netherlands, you guys. Yeah. Come on. And, <laughs> yeah. and but, but then he said this. He said, thank you, David, for coming out and mm. bust this thing open. Because he, he said, there are so many leaders in the Netherlands who know this. They know the truth. Yeah, they know the truth, but he compared it like with homosexuals, you know, oh. they're hiding in a closet and yeah. then they have to come out. He said, you know, it's like that. He said, they have to come out of the closet yeah. and they're afraid of it. Mm -hmm. And he said, David, if you ever publish or write a book about this, I'm going to publish it for you. Wow. wow. Because this ha we have so we have done so much damage to the church. Yeah. In, in Belgium and the Netherlands, he said, we have a lot of restoration to do. Wow. So you're so right that people and, and so I made this decision and I knew Lord Jesus. I I sacrifice everything for you always. If I have to do more, I will. Mm -hmm. I can't change now. I can't flip now. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, something very significant happened. Once I, um, we had a conference in Belgium and most of our visitors came from the Netherlands and that was awesome. We didn't have any funds or anything. We just rented a small building and then it was packed with 150 people. They were sitting on top of each other everywhere. We had these acts like meetings, you know, where, you know, people were just, on top of each other, they were sitting in the windows, sitting uh, on the tables, under the tables, everywhere. And we had this, this prophet come from America. And um, so he came and he had a bunch of young guys with him. And one of them had a prophetic word about me. He prophesied over me and he said, God will connect you with a ministry in North Holland and together you will be an arrow from the king that will pierce the heart of the enemy. Wow. So for 10 years I waited. Where is this ministry? You know, then God started speaking to me about this whole end times topic. And I started mm -hmm. studying it and I mean, Mo yeah, most of it I learned from things that God suddenly spoke to me. Mm. Suddenly he just said something. Yeah. And that activated a thought process. I started looking up in the scriptures and suddenly I saw it. Mm. So I know from experience that you have to, you know, the reality of God is revealed to us by the spirit. Yes. Not by our mind. Yeah. Our spirit man suddenly sees it. Yeah. And then our mind catches up mm -hmm. that's good that's how it happens but um so when right before i was about to reveal to the netherlands what god had been showing me about the end times about the rapture all stuff i got in touch with a publisher in the netherlands and this man knew everything about it and he helped me a lot and uh, I mean, I, I had questions and he gave me key answers, you know. And so he was really backing me up to present a solid scriptural study to the church in the Netherlands and Belgium. Wow. 
right before I was about to publish that, I struggled at night. I was laying in my bed and I was having, you know, maybe 0.000.1% of a Jesus experience in the garden. Mm -hmm. I had my own tiny little garden experience where I knew if I'm going to put this out there, they're going to chop my head off. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this, this is it. And I was terrified. I was afraid. Mm -hmm. I was really afraid. And I was asking God, Lord, help me, help me. What should I do? And then he spoke to me with a loud, audible voice. He did that three times in my life. That time he said, this is the heart of the enemy. Wow. And I was like, the prophecy from mm. 10 years ago. Mm. Mm. I will join you with the ministry in, the, in North Holland. Mm. And together you will be an arrow from the king mm. into the heart of the enemy. Wow. And I, and I realized this publisher that is helping me, he's located in North Holland. That's a <laughs> province in the Netherlands. Wow. Oh my gosh, wow. I was like, my God. And this arrow, this teaching is the arrow that will go in the heart of the enemy. So I called him the, the next day and he was like, whoa, he said, David, do you realize what the name of my publishing company is? It's called Arrows. Nuh-uh. Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> I wow. was like, what? You know, so God gave all these confirmations that I needed yes. to be able to do this. Awesome. And so anyway, so that's, that's what basically led to where I'm now. So, you, Just, you, so what is your yeah. book called? My book, it's not published yet. I've written it in Dutch. It will be called What Nobody Ever Told You About the Return of Christ. Wow. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. Is there a time frame on getting it out there? I'm hoping in a couple of months, but I'm so busy with stop work control. I'm, I'm like praying, Lord, help me, you know. Yeah, I well, we'll pray. I pastor, yeah. And then I need it in English. So, but, yeah, so, but <laughs> I believe, I think that this book, and I say this, you know, yeah, just because God told that to me. He said, you'll write a book that is more clear than all the other books. Wow. Crystal clear for the people. Wow. They, they, and I, I, I believe that that's it. Because you said something about, you know, the scriptures and the Old Testament. But w once you really understand the purpose of God. Yeah. So let me explain it in a few simple sentences. Because anyone who truly understands a topic can always summarize it in one or, or yeah, yeah, a few sentences. God told me, what is the reason that I created man? Mm. To be among them, to be with them. So good. Have, to have a family. My sons and daughters, where I dwell in their midst. That is what Christ came to do. Mm. To establish the presence of the almighty in our midst. Yeah. That's why he died on the cross. That's why he gave the spirit of God. Yeah. That's why the, the physical temple was demolished by God himself. Yes. To destroy that. Because he does not want to dwell in a stone building made by the hands of man. He wants to build us as his temple. Amen. With his hands, with his spirit. So that we would live in this incredible intimate ongoing day and night everywhere we are no matter how we feel <laughs> intimate fellowship with him he's always Amen. here you know he is with us that's what christ came to restore mm. the promise of god throughout the whole old testament and this summarizes it once any minister 
Any scholar, any Bible teacher, any prophet or apostle, when you get this, you don't need any other ex explanation because this is what it's all about. Yeah. Everything in the entire Old Testament is about this one thing. Yes. Oh, come on. That God constantly, God constantly announced, I will be your God. I will be your God. You will be my people. I will dwell in your midst. Yes. Come on. And that's what the Messiah would come to do. Yes. Boom. That's it. Yeah. He would restore the closeness, the presence, the intimacy mm -hmm. of God Almighty yeah. to his people. Wow. So when Christ came, that's what he said. He said, I'm going to demolish, to end, destroy everything that you guys know. <laughs> and in their language, in their Jewish culture, that was called heaven and earth. Yes. Their, their, their entire spiritual reality, the heavens, their entire earthly experience of their religion, the temple. I mean, the temple was literally called heaven and earth. Yes. You know, so Christ said, that's going to be destroyed and I will create a new heaven and earth, yes. a new reality, a yes. new spiritual reality under which you live wow. and you will become a brand new creation. Mm. You are the new earth. Mm. Our heart is in scripture, the earth in which the word of God is sown as seeds and it flourishes and we become a paradise. Yeah. So Christ said, I'm coming to fulfill everything that has been has been prophesied. So he, so, you know, and what, so he came to fulfill the desire of God. He came to yeah. create people for himself that truly love him, yes. who are totally in love with him. And through them, God can reveal his healing, his deliverance to all of humanity. That's so good. And I'd like to tell, I, I, I explain it this way when people keep saying that they're waiting for Jesus to come back. Yeah. They're waiting for another Messiah. The first exactly. Jesus was not good enough. He didn't accomplish yeah. enough. They don't like what that Messiah did. They're waiting yeah. for another Messiah. Exactly. That's exactly it. And that is, you know, we all know the saying that the devil comes as a thief mm. to steal and destroy. Yeah. This is said in scripture in the context of false doctrine. Come on. Yeah. So how does he steal? How does he murder and kill? How does he destroy? Through deception in the minds of people. Wow. So Christ came and fulfilled the desire, the plan of God. He brought the presence of the Most High in our midst. What the enemy did was completely steal that from his people. And basically what you said, basically tell the people, he didn't do zut. He did nothing. You guys still waiting and I'm going to keep you waiting and you're going to keep waiting wow. and your, your children are going to wait. Your grandchildren are going to wait and I'll keep you waiting and waiting until you all die and you'll still be waiting because come he comes. That's literally what the realm of darkness says. Oh, Christ didn't come. You, he still needs to come. He didn't come. He didn't do anything. Oh yeah. He died at the cross for your sins, but you're... You know, you're still a sinner. You're still poor. You're still powerless. You're still suffering under your... Uh, and the devil's the still in charge. Yeah, and the devil's still in charge. While the truth is, and that was what outraged me tremendously once my eyes were opened for it. Yes. I was like, we are the victors. Christ dwells in us. 
Christ defeated Satan at every possible level. He defeated him when he was born. Satan tried to kill him. He failed. Christ defeated him even before he was born. He tried to kill Jesus when he was ministering. Tried throwing him, throwing him off a rock. He failed. He tried to destroy him before his ministry started yeah. in the desert. He failed again. Jesus overcame him, overcame him, overcame him. Then he casted out all the demons and all the evil spirits and he healed the sick. That was a massive defeat of the darkness. Yeah. Then he sent out his apostles. Again, massive defeat of Satan who fell from heaven as a lightning because people, the children of God, not Christ, people like you and me went about and they cast out evil spirits and raised the dead and healed the sick. Bam! The ultimate desire of God is to have a family. Hmm. sons and daughters who represent him and they are the ones who are saving the world they are the ones who are going out christ said i'm your example i'm your teacher i train you and now you go and yeah. do it okay so and then christ defeated satan at the cross yeah and then he defeated him again when he went into the underworld and took the keys of hades the realm of the dead from him then he defeated satan again when he rose from the dead he defeated satan again when he poured out his spirit and then he defeated satan permanently totally forever when he took his place on the throne to judge israel which was intended by god to be his throne his people but they had become the synagogue of Satan. They had become the throne of Satan. Jerusalem had become the exact opposite of what God had intended it to be. So God judged it thoroughly and permanently. And he said, I'm going to do something so brand new that most of you won't even recognize it because it's too beyond your carnal mind. And he did that through Christ. So Christ came, he judged Israel. And he established his reign, his kingdom. And that's when he had his permanent final victory over darkness. And now we are coming to the topic, why you asked me on. I'm quickly going to, I have a, usually my daughter is here. I was going to ask her for a glass of water, but I'll have to do it with a dry mouth. No, no, no. no. You Go get a glass of water. I want Here's what I want to do. This isn't a perfect time for a segue because what the foundation that you have just laid is so beautiful. Go get your glass of water, and we're going to touch base with everybody in the chat because I think that like everybody. That was Good. a lot to take in. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was just one of the most powerful hours that we've ever had. Go get your water. Yeah. This is, I am floored the way you just explained everything. <laughs> um, it's, it's exactly what we've been trying to tell everybody. And you did it in like an hour. That and was, and it, you did it. Your it, testimony to be on fire. Yeah. Go get your water. <laughs> yeah. Go get your water. David. I'll be back in uh, two minutes. Okay. okay. Guys. That's what we've been trying to tell you. Is this too hard to get you guys? Come on. Now it makes sense. You now know, does it make sense? So I'm watching the numbers, and numbers don't matter to me. But you guys nor know normally on Rumble on, on Wednesdays, we have like 125 people watching. 
And I'm sitting here and I'm listening to David and I'm thinking to myself, this is the most powerful man we have ever had on our show. Yeah. And we've had some really powerful people on our show telling one of the most powerful testimonies. And I almost feel like the numbers reflect the devil like attacking. Not that people aren't staying because I think that everybody that's coming is staying. I think that it's just not ending up in their feed to actually show up because this message that he just delivered like hook, line, sinker, boom, boom done. Yeah. We're done here, okay? And we haven't even gotten to the topic, which is exposing the history behind modern end times teachings, which we're we're now going to segue into. But man, guys, let me know in the chat what you have been thinking, listening to David's story. Like I am beyond moved. And you know, I think that there's there's probably a question of a lot of people going like, okay, so David has had these incredible encounters with God. What makes one person have encounters with God versus another person? Like a lot of people like, why didn't your that heart, happen to he, me? Your heart's desire. Your heart's desire. If you desire to have an encounter with God, he will have an encounter with you. That's really good. That's so good. So uh, I, so Isaac 4110 says, uh, I think this is glorious. Sir Thriving Mama says, I am so fired up. <laughs> I'm so fired up too. This is just absolutely phenomenal. So I want to tell you guys, it was Corey Gray that suggested David to us. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those of you that are just joining us, David's gone to get a glass of water. He'll be back in a second and we're going to really get into this. Um, but I had no idea what we were in for with the we testimony. A, Corey said, just trust me. Bring him on. Just trust me. Uh, we didn't have any conversation beforehand. Uh, we just had to trust God that this guy ha had some goods. Isa says, uh, that makes complete sense. Why would Jesus need to come back twice? Bingo. Yeah. They literally, the enemy has stolen everything Christ has done for us, the yeah. victory of Christ, the defeat of Satan. I am fully and thoroughly convinced that there is no Satan or Lucifer anymore. Mm. There is this network of Luciferians, Satanists, but they're being fooled as well by yeah. just a bunch of demons that are keeping up appearances that yeah. Satan is in charge. Yeah. You know, people have, oh, I've seen Satan. No, you've just seen a dumb demon that puts on some horns, you know? Yeah. Satan is defeated by Christ, utterly, thoroughly, permanently gone. Mm -hmm. That is why, listen carefully. Oh, Jesus, Holy Spirit. The reason God created us is to have rulers on the earth. Mm. Kings and queens. When God created Adam, he's... He said, let us create men in our image. The Hebrew word for image is as our representatives, as those who will reflect us, as those who will be our image bearers, which means those who are the representatives of the most high God on the earth. That's what God meant when he said, let's create men in our image. He said to Adam, go and have dominion over all. All that I've created. Rule and reign. Establish my kingdom mm -hmm. on this new creation. Okay? That is why God created his children. To be his royal sons who represent the whole dimension of the Most High God. Royal princes and princesses. That's why God said to Joshua... 
you go and kill those demonic giants in the promised land who are eating people mm. and who are hybrids between fallen angels and humans god didn't say i'm gonna do it for you just sit back and watch me do it he said you will do it mm. because that's why i created you that's why i breathed my life into you that's why i saved you that's why i called you you are going to kill those giants mm. that's why david went and he killed goliath god didn't say david sit there and see what i will do he said you go and you do it yeah. and i am with you so the whole, when Christ came, he didn't say, I'm going to give you a ticket to heaven and, and you sit in church all life singing hymns about going to heaven. Mm. He said, you are going to cast out the realm of darkness from the earth. Wow. You are going to heal the sick. You are going to destroy the works of evil. You are going to restore my heavenly harmony here on earth mm. that's what he basically said what he actually did is he restored the original destiny of the sons and daughters of god that's to right. be kings and queens who reign with him yes who are ambassadors of heaven who are expressions of glory who are children who truly and wholeheartedly establish heaven on earth that's why christ said when you pray pray this father in heaven your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven yeah that was his job description to his children yes that's why he said you are kings you will reign with me on the throne like i sit on the throne with the father mm -hmm. That's why Paul said, you guys are kings. Don't you realize that? That's why Peter said, you are a royal priesthood. Yeah. That's why Daniel said, you will be kings and priests. That's why John, the apostle said, he has made us into a nation of mm -hmm. kings and come priests. On. So the, Jesus didn't come to create a religion where people wait to go to heaven. He came to restore the very reason why god in the first place created come on men. that's so good okay that is to be rulers and reigners and you know at the pandemic at the start of the pandemic god suddenly spoke to me i was in my living room and so and suddenly he spoke to me he said david do you know why the wicked are reigning on the earth uh what yeah was that lord you know because the righteous aren't. Boom. Come on. Boom. And I was like, what? He said, but I did not appoint the wicked to reign. Uh -huh. I appointed the righteous to reign. Right. And the only reason, the only, there's only one reason, nothing else. Only reason the wicked are reigning is because the righteous are not. Wow. And they are not because of this end times theology that tells exactly. us not to. Exactly. Tells us not to. They but, literally tells yeah. us. I have viewers who will tell us, don't pray that it gets better because then Jesus won't come back. Exactly. And so here we will come to the whole topic that you uh, asked me to speak about. When Christ came, he rose, he raised up an army. He sent us his disciples, he said, you do the work. Uh, 
we have to understand history. We have to understand what was going on in the earth. The whole world was ruled by Satan. Yes. In a way that we have no imagination about. Yes. Come on. Yes, yes, yes. And that's why the whole think, world. That's why yeah. people think that it's really bad now because they have no. no concept of what it was like prior to Jesus having come. Exactly. You know, I've studied history a lot as a child. I, I read books and books and books. I was fascinated by it. By it. One thing stands out all throughout history, all over the world. Every single culture was sacrificing yes, humans yes. alive to demons. Yeah. Every single culture was ruled by witches, warlocks, sorcerers, magicians. You know, they were always in charge next to the king. The king completely relied on them. We see that in Egypt in the Bible. You have Pharaoh, but Pharaoh completely relied on the magicians. Yeah. The occult, the dark realm, the worship of fallen angels was omnipresent all over the earth. In Europe, where I'm from, the Druids created huge wooden statues. They filled them with dozens of people and they set it on fire. Wow. In, in South America, the Aztecs, right. they, they cut open the chest of people alive and took out their beating heart. The horror, the cruelty, the most civilized society on the whole earth was the Roman Empire. Wow. And even they were beasts. Their entertainment on Saturday was, hey, let's go to the circus. See how some people are being eaten alive by lions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See how some gladiators chop off each other's legs and arms and then chop off their head. And we think that we we go through when we we know a lot of people know these know these histories. They know them in their minds, but they don't actually we just think that well, just over time it's just gone away. If you think that, then you don't understand the satanic influence that has to come on a person to participate in these things. In those things exactly. So that's why Satan showed Christ, all the exactly. kingdoms of the world, right. and he said they're mine. That's why there was no way for those first Christians to go out and preach the gospel everywhere because Satan was in charge. Yeah. What happened? Christ came. He abolished all that. Revelation speaks 100% about this incredible battle between the powers of darkness and Christ who came as the king and who said, I gave my life and my blood. Now I have authority over you. And bam, he conquered them. Yeah. What happened next is that the Christians were sent out over the earth mm. and the earth was covered by complete thick darkness. Mm. There was demon worship, human sacrifice, torture, bestiality everywhere. There wasn't one single spot on the earth where people live normal lives. There, the, the fallen angels ruled everywhere and were worshipped as gods. The Christians came and wherever they came, they cancelled it. They cast out the demons yeah. and there was this incredible and only when you know history you can understand this. Christians marched all over the earth and everywhere they came. The rule and reign of darkness was abolished. 
and the kingdom of Christ was established. Mm. The nations that are now called, you know, that used to be called Christian nations, they started experiencing a level of prosperity, a level yeah. of peace, a level of safety, healing, right. wholeness, a level of well-being that was completely unprecedented and unimaginable before the Christians set foot in that nation. Yeah. They were the ones who founded the first schools, the first hospitals, the first um, social justice. They are the ones who, who, you know, and it didn't go smooth. They had to be warriors. They had to give their lives. They had to go for it, you know, and nothing was perfect. The enemy constantly tried to change it into a corrupt religion. Yes. But still, wherever the spirit of God came, the darkness was pushed away and a, a peace and a well-being was established that those people had never known before. That's right. why all these Christian nations started being so prosperous and, and flourishing so much. I mean, centuries ago, nobody could go out on a vacation. You'd be killed on the road. Right, yes. right, yeah. yeah. There were these gangs everywhere. You know, people lived in small cities surrounded by thick, thick walls because outside of the city, you, it was dangerous. Right, right. So we have no idea. And the more Christianity pushed forward, the more well-being and peace and wholeness and, you know, a good life people started uh, finding. But then you have this and, you know, I'm summarizing everything really quickly now and I'm simplifying everything and you can write 500 books with, with all the details. But this is the, you know, the overall picture. Wherever the apostles came, the dark realm had to go. Mm -hmm. And a level of well-being was introduced into society. Yeah. Then you have... Lord, help me to explain this in such a way that it's crystal clear so people really understand it. Okay, I'll make it real simple. The powers of darkness weren't happy with that, of course. Yeah. They want to rule and reign in our place. Mm -hmm. They want to be the kings and queens on the earth. Yeah. They want to be the ones who have the scepter of authority. Right. They don't want the children of God to rule and reign. Right. They want to be the kings, you know? So they understood there's only one way we can stop this and we can rule in their place. Only one way. Mm. Through their own Bible. Bingo. Come They're not on. listening to anything. They're not listening to anything except their Bible. So what shall we do? We have to take their Bible and we have to masterfully and craftfully take verses out of context and explain them in such a way to the church that they will believe us. Wow. So, and they started doing this in a very clever way. One major family in the dark realm is the Rothschilds. Yeah. For those who don't know the Rothschilds, they are a family. I have to summarize and simplify so immensely. I think our viewers are very well aware of the Rothschilds. Yeah, but I'm saying this for the people who are not aware. Okay. 
So the Rothschilds are a very dark and nefarious family who always lusted for world domination. Yeah. They have a different DNA. They have different skulls. They have different blood. They are descendants of the Nephilim from Canaan. When you go thousands of years back, okay, Christ called certain people in Israel children of Satan, serpents, mm -hmm. vipers, you know. So the Rothschilds, are a very prominent family in the world who are at the, at the head of Satanism. They own most central banks in the world. They are at the, at, at the helm of the satanic financial system of our world. They knew if we want to establish complete world domination, we have to stop the children of God mm. is the only way we have to stop them. We have to infiltrate the church and hijack it from the inside out. Yeah. So what happens? And there's always more to a story. I'm just going to give some keys to understand the bigger picture. John Darby was an occultist in Ireland. His family owned Leap Castle. Leap Castle is known worldwide as the most haunted castle in the whole world. More than 150 dead bodies have been found in the cellars. Dead bodies have been found in the walls of the castle because of the satanic rituals that happened there and they put the bodies inside of the walls. The, the family of Darby owned that castle. He was a member of several occult societies. He in his language, in his writings, he constantly used words that come from Freemasonry and from all kinds of occult uh, um, philosophies. He worked for the Rothschilds, for the East Indie Company. So he was an, a direct employee of the Rothschilds. He is the one who started this doctrine. He is the one who started preaching revelation is in our future. Right. Revelation is about to happen. And this is what he basically said. Satan is about to take control over the whole world. Wow. What he was saying is actually what he was saying is the Rothschilds mm. have a plan to rule over the world. And I'm here to tell you that this is prophesied in the Bible. So don't you try stop them. Just sit down and wait for a rapture. Mm. So Darby started preaching this in the United Kingdom. And he founded a sect, a cult, the Exclusive Brethren. Right. The Plymouth Brethren, yeah. They are the ones who also told the church there is no power of God. There is no healing. There is no experience of his presence. There is no reality. No, we are in the waiting seat. We are here to wait for the kingdom. And when the kingdom comes, so listen carefully. Lord, I pray that you give supernatural revelation people who are listening yes lord mm. you have to understand this their strategy their plan is to establish world domination mm. from jerusalem in a temple where they want to rule and reign over the whole world with a so-called world teacher that is their agenda and darby said I'm going to tell the church that your plan 
is prophesied in the Bible. Wow. Can we also insert here, give us a timeline. So what, what era, what, what are we talking about here in the 1800s? What do you mean exactly? When was Darby living? I don't think we established that for people that are living, that are listening. Yeah. I think it was like the 18... 1850s, 50s, roughly. Yes. I just want, I want to bring everybody yeah, back it was to the half, timeline. Half, halfway the 19th century. Yeah. So about 150 years ago. Yeah. At the same time that the theory of evolution was pushed massively right. over exactly. the world. Also by the Rothschilds. But so they said we... So the, the church, and people have to get this. You know, the church is victorious. Christ reigns. He's in our midst. He heals the world through us. There has been an ongoing deliverance of humanity for like 18 centuries. Yeah. If history is correct, that is. There has been a massive, massive deliverance of humanity every, everywhere they came. The Rothschild said, and their allies, you know, other families, other bloodlines, they said, we have to stop that. The only way to do it is by infiltration. Infiltration, deception, and hijacking them from the inside. So Darby started preaching to the church, evil is about to rule the world. Wow. And he took away the victory of Christ at the cross. He took away the fact that Christ had fulfilled everything through his blood. Wow. He took away the fact that we are temples of God. He took away the fact that Christ had given us his kingdom. He took away the fact that we are kings and queens, royal priests who reign with the most high king. He took away everything and he brought the church back at the position where the Jews were before Christ came 2,000 years ago. Wow. And he said, you guys have nothing. You guys are nothing. All you can do is wait in the church to be raptured out of here because evil is too strong for you. And don't you try to stand in our way. Wow. That's basically what he said. Then they came to America and they attracted a guy, C.I. Schofield, who was a convicted fraudster. He was a criminal lawyer whose expertise was forgery and fraud. So he was an expert at twisting and manipulating words and deceiving people. Yeah. He, he was operational in Kansas. He had to flee to Canada from the law. Right. He has been imprisoned as well. The Rothschild said he's a perfect guy. <laughs> An expert lawyer who is a master of deception. So they attracted him. He became a member of the exclusive brethren. He became a member of several occult societies. He went to Switzerland, which is in the spirit. Davos, Switzerland. There's something very, 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 very dark going on in Switzerland. It's a very supreme center of the realm of darkness. He went to Switzerland. I mean, he was directly sponsored by the Rothschilds to create a Bible that would completely and utterly hijack all of Christianity. Mm -hmm. Until that time, the vast majority of Christians were convinced that Revelation was past. It had happened. That's what Revelation says. John starts Revelation by saying, these things are about to happen now. Yes. It's at the door, at hand. Get ready, guys. Christians in Asia, those seven churches, be ready because something's going to happen and you're going to have to hold on to Christ because all hell is going to break loose. The whole demonic, satanic realm of the old covenant is going to try to stop Christ mm -hmm. from 
establishing his new covenant. Right. And remember, for a reminder for those that are just learning all this stuff, we'll repeat a lot of things. And you've already heard us say this before, but we'll say it again. John was told not to seal up these words as opposed to uh, Daniel was told to seal up the words because it wasn't for a long period of time. And how many years was that, Leah? From from Daniel, no. Oh, from, from Daniel was about five hundred years. About, so, so five hundred years is a long yeah. time. Seal up the That's words because it's yeah. way way yeah. in the future. Yeah. And John's told not to seal them up because it's about to happen right now. And yet yeah. we think, well, two thousand years have passed, and so is God confused? Does He switch things around? Yeah. Is He just trying to mess with our heads? Mm-hmm. No, God yeah. is very precise and He is very consistent. Yeah, yeah. And this is actually a main argument for atheists to completely denounce Christianity because they say, guys, your own master is a liar. That's right. He said to his own apostles, you won't have the time to go throughout all of Israel before I come. John, you will still be alive when I come. He said, there are people here who will not taste death before I come. He said to the Jewish council, you will see me coming on the clouds. So they would be alive. You know, Christ constantly said, guys, it's going to happen in your lifetime. And so the atheists say, your Messiah is a downright liar. Because he said that it would happen during their lifetime. And you guys say it didn't happen. So your guys are all being very deceived. (laughs) People buy, when people buy this, this theology that was injected into the church by the Rothschilds Mm -hmm. in the 19th century, they completely destroy everything of Christianity. Everything. Yeah. They destroy everything. It's a complete demolishing of everything Christ is. Everything Christ did. Everything Christ said. It's completely and utterly crushes everything. And that's why the church is in such a terrible state in our time. Because they are completely robbed of all the riches of who Christ is. And let me tell you how powerful the gospel of Jesus Christ is that in spite of this incredible onslaught of what David is laying out of what they, they have done of, I hate to use this word, but it applies here. The bastardizing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. In spite of that, the kingdom of God is still growing. It is still advancing because yeah. of exactly. the increase of his government and peace. There shall be no end. It is continuing to increase, yeah. but we have, we have been muted by yeah. this yeah. and that's yeah. why we have to break loose of it so yeah. so back that's to- an incredibly that's an incredibly powerful thing you're saying because this is how powerful christ is in yeah. us that even christians who are blindfolded who yeah. are chained who are locked up in prisons even in that state the church is still expanding and growing all over the world. Yeah. And that's that's actually what, what happened in the 19th, no, at the beginning of the 20th century with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, yeah. the restoration of the gifts of the Spirit, where, where, you know, but imagine what will happen if these hundreds of millions of Christians worldwide <laughs> who know the power of the Spirit and who remove the blindfold who pulled on their crown, who take up the mantle, who raise their scepter. And they say, we're not only going to pray in tongues and cast out demons and heal the sick 
in order to wait for heaven, we're going to do that now from a position and a mindset and a consciousness of complete authority over governments. Yes. For the media. It can happen in a day. Entertainment over education. Yes. Once Christians rise up in their authority and say, you guys, God didn't call you to reign. God didn't mandate you. He didn't bless you. He didn't anoint you. You have no crown, no scepter, no mantle. You have nothing. You're just a bunch of thugs and thieves. And the only thing you can do is lie to the people. And the only reason you have so much power is because you lie to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And if the sons of God rise up in the authority of who Christ is, I tell you, this world is going to change just like that. Amen. And Amen. Oh I, had a, I had a discussion recently with a man who was part of the financial elites. His name is Robert Bernard. And he was moving trillions of dollars for them at the highest level. And, you know, so he knows everything behind the scenes of these financial elites, these Satanists. Yeah. And he, he joined their satanic uh, holy masses, you know. But um, then he was asked, then he was asked to sacrifice children, mm -hmm. torture them, rape them, and then kill them mm. for the dark realm. And they said, if you do that in return, you won't be moving other people's billions of dollars. You will have your own billions of dollars. Because right. if you partake in this, the doors for unlimited power and wealth will swing wide for you. Yeah. Ronald Bernard stepped away from it. He was tortured to death. He died and went to heaven. He had an encounter with Christ. God told him, I'll give you a second chance. Go back and heal the world for me. Mm. Later, he, he, he found Christ. He dedicated his life to Jesus. One day he was walking outside his home and God spoke to him with an audible voice and said, Will you build a reign of peace for me on the earth? He was like, what? And so he has been struggling with this for years because he came into the church and he heard this whole doctrine that evil is going to rule. Evil is going to take over the world. There's nothing we can do to stop it. It's uh, Bible prophecy. It's, you know, destined. He was not able to work out what God had asked him. Be, be, because he had this conflict in his mind. Why would I do this if that's going to happen? It's, it, it's useless. Exactly. So I had a conversation with him about this. And for two, three hours, I talked to him and I explained him everything. I said, this is a lie from Satanists. The message of Christ is that we are here to expel evil, to reign with him and to heal the world. Mm. He was literally jumping up and down on his chair. He's, he said, I'm being liberated. I'm being wow. free. Now I can finally do what God told me. And he's working now powerfully to, to, to create an alternative financial system that will allow people to escape the systems of the Satanists, the whole financial banking system that enslaves people. Yeah. And so he, he is laying the groundwork for a completely new world. And this is only possible because the Holy Spirit showed him the truth. That's awesome. So what will happen? You know, there are so many people 
And what's interesting is that this doctrine about rapture and the end times, that it's not so, so prevalent in the Roman Catholic Church. Mm. They don't have this in such a strong way. It's, it's a typical evangelical thing. Yeah. And what do we see in America? The most powerful people who are waging war against the new world order are the Catholics. Mm. General Flynn, Steve Bannon, uh, all, all these people, they, they are fierce Christians, but they are Catholics. They don't have this mindset of, of yeah. evil is going to rule the world. It's the mindset. So they are, in, so they are yeah. involved in politics, in the military, in media, you know. Yeah. And so I believe that we are at a time now where the Holy Spirit is calling the church back to the message of Christ. Yes. To the person of Christ. Yeah. To the kingdom of Christ. Yeah. To the mandate of Christ. Yes. To the authority of Christ, to everything who Jesus is. That's why I first thought to call my book Back to Jesus. Wow. But most Christians wouldn't get that because they're like, well, I am a Jesus. So right. I changed the exactly. title. Exactly, exactly. But that's essentially what it is. It's essentially saying we are going back to Christ. What he said about this topic, what yeah. he did and who he is. Yeah. Because, you know, when people say, well, I'm not so involved in eschatology. Well, you're a Christian, right? It's all. About, it's not about eschatology. It's about who Christ is. Yeah. Right. It's about what Christ did. It's about... You know, where are we? It's about who we are. This has nothing to do with yeah. the topic of eschatology. No, right. this is about everything, about God, about yeah. his kingdom, about his reign, about who he is and what he has done. Yeah. yeah. This is about who we are. It's about everything. If this that's yeah. why there's so much resistance against it because it freaks people out. Yeah. Once you step out of this complete realm of Total deception in every imaginable way. I mean, it changes everything and it's yeah. scary. It's very, yeah. very scary. Yeah. So because you have to relearn everything. Yeah. You have you have a thousand questions. Mm. <laughs> we see them in the chat every week, actually. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen a lot today. And I and I want you guys to, to save your questions till the end and we'll try to get to a few of them. Um, yeah. And, I, and I, I see some comments about the Catholics, like that's really interesting about the Catholics because I see that that church is highly full of idolatry and false doctrines. They and you're and you're right about that. And there's you know the the what I call the false pope that's there right now. But what I think what I wanted to kind of bring this back around to when you talk about the Catholics is there's a reason why it hasn't infiltrated the Catholic Church because the Schofield Reference Bible never infiltrated the Catholic church well no the exactly Sco the it was sent Church. for yeah it was sent for free by you know so it was published by oxford press who was uh financed or owned by the Rothschilds, and then they sent the Rothschild bible to the moody bible institute mm. and there they gave it for free to a whole new generation of poor pastors right and they spread all over America yeah. and they started distributing this in the evangelical movement. Right. But indeed, the Roman Catholics, they, yeah, they don't have the road, uh, that Schofield right. Bible. And, you know, I've learned to discern between, you know, so I was raised at first in the Catholic Church. Then my parents, 
became Pentecostals. Then they went to an evangelical church. Then I went back to the charismatic church, you know, and, and, and so I've seen a whole bunch of de of denominations, but what I've learned is that there's just as much darkness and deception in all of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not limited to, to, you know, I've Come seen on. so much darkness in the charismatic church, yeah. you know, and, but it's different. It's a different type. And there are some of the most Christ-like and Christ-loving people that I've met were Catholics. I would agree with that statement. I yeah. knew one man, an old man in Belgium. He was in his 80s. And um, he was so kind and gentle. And when he wrote his little texts about Jesus... It were such love letters about Christ. And I was like, man, I am yet to see one evangelical preacher write like this about Jesus. Oh, wow. You love him so much. And, yeah. and so I'm like, God has his children everywhere. Mm. And I'm not saying this to say the Roman Catholic Church is better. I'm saying this, that there are Christians, genuine Christians who pick up the real thing. Yeah. while in church and there yes. are some very you know i i've not been there but i know that there have to be some very authentic catholic churches in america because they have brought forth people who are very powerful in the war yeah. against globalism no you're absolutely right you know I, I he's i see in the chat that would explain why i never heard about the left behind doctrine as a child i grew up lutheran and so dwight yeah. l moody was the founder basically of what you see with the baptist and the southern baptist movement yeah. 50 million copies of these went out and then another little known fact is that why the pentecostals go with this is that assemblies of god they were those disenfranchised lutherans and Pe presbyterians who uh became baptized with the holy spirit so they started the assemblies of god but they didn't have a printing press so they went yeah. to uh the Dwight L. Moody printing press with the Schofield Bible put the Assemblies of God right on the front, and there now it's in all the Pentecostal churches. So where you're seeing yeah. the uh, the end times theology is going to mostly be in your Baptist and your Pentecostal churches for yeah. that very reason. Yeah, exactly. And then what we have seen in the pandemic, this has opened the eyes of millions worldwide. The censorship. Yes. Where only one narrative is allowed. Only one narrative is allowed. Those those who control the media, they control the narrative. Yeah. The exact same thing is going on in the church. Yeah. The the Satanists, they have seized ownership of so much of Christianity worldwide and they shut down, they censor. You know, theologians have been opposing this Rothschild rapture doctrine from the very beginning. They were always shut down. They were censored. Yeah. Just like you have Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, who is now in heaven. But he was mm. censored by the... Uh, yeah, um, how can I say that? I would actually say the Rothschilds, but they have so many more. But every sincere doctor who had a cure for COVID was censored. Absolutely. Every sincere theologian who showed the truth was censored. Yeah. Every true scientist who presented the truth about the origin of life was censored. You know, they have focused on owning the whole information landscape worldwide so that they can shut down the truth everywhere yeah. 
Exactly. And that's why it's so exciting to see that the Spirit of God is not limited by that. Yeah. And all over the world, people are hearing straight from God. You know, you're, people are hearing straight from God. And unfortunately, we have what I call schizophrenic Christianity, where a lot of the people waking up, they're, they're ready to fight. They're, you know, they're on board. You know, like Corey, he was in prison. He got saved. He read the Bible. He was ready to fight. And then he gets, boom. No, no, no. The world's got to go dark again. And so there's people who want to fight. And then there's people that, you know, they want to fight, but they're like, well, I'll just fight to the end till, till we go down, I guess, with the ship, you know, but, um, it's, it's really, it's hard to underestimate the power of that, of, of a Bible. You mean it's that, easy. It's, e it's, it's, it's easy it's, to underestimate. It's easy it. to underestimate that the power of that, that Schofield reference Bible where people were reading and they were reading in it that all those things, maybe you can kind of tell us some of the stuff that might be the, where that dispensational mindset comes from. They were, they were reading that the good stuff that you're just talking about, that that's for the futures and that's for the Jews. And, you know, actually dispensationalism, true dispensationalism has like Christian, like us Gentiles, like gone. And they've had to flip that. No, no, so, you can be here for the thousand year reign. Can we? So I'm wondering, David, if we can back up because we've already jumped ahead because we know this story of Schofield and the reference Bible. And some people maybe you've never even heard of it. So could we go back to you? You mentioned that Schofield was a fraudster. Um, could we talk about his his wife? Um, and how he was, uh, is that this, this, well, the that's right guy? part of the fraud, right? The Where... fraudster. And then also get into what was he putting into this Bible that makes it so bad. So start maybe back, back yeah. up to the story of who he was, how awful he was, and then what he was putting into this book. Yeah. So now we are going to poke some demons in the eye and there's a bunch of people who will feel this rage inside of them for the things I'm going to say. Okay. We have to understand that the whole old covenant was about a physical Israel, a military political Israel. Right. That's why the apostles joined Christ in the first place, especially Jude and Peter. Yeah. Mm. The mother of, of, of James and John came to Christ and said, Hey, can my son sit on your throne yeah. with you? Right. They, they, all of Israel had this carnal mindset when the Messiah comes he will restore Israel as a political military nation that will rule over the whole earth. Mm -hmm. That's because God had said through his prophets, the, the Lord will reign from Zion. And Israel, you will be a light to the nations. Right. And you know, so, but then God sent Christ and Christ says something completely different. He said, guys, there's no way you can even see kingdom of God with your natural eyes. Wow. Only when you're born from above by the spirit can yeah. you see it. Right. And and you cannot enter it based on your uh, generational uh, yeah, descendants. John said, you know, nobody can become a child of God uh, through the flesh or, right. from, or through natural means. Right. So he said, nobody is a Jew through your genetic lineage Ooh. John said you are only a child of God 
when you recognize who God is, mm, you recognize yeah. what God does, when you recognize whom God sends to you, the Christ, and when you believe in the Christ, then you ha have the power to be transformed into an authentic, true descendant of the Most High God, a child of God. Amen. And, you and then Paul said this inwardly. That's what the scripture says. Yeah. That's what you're and then, yeah. So, and then Christ said to all these Jews, you know, he said, those who hear and obey the word of God, they are my family. Yeah. So Christ abolished the whole racist mentality of the Jews. We are better than those Gentiles. Wow. Dogs, animals, yeah. humans. Only Jews are humans. Wow. That's written in the Talmud, you know. And even those people thought like that. That's why Christ said to that Samaritan woman, you know, dog. Should I give didn't what, say this. this yeah, so the bread he, to the Yeah, dog. he called her a dog. That's not be because he was racist. It's because he was speaking in their cultural understanding yeah. and showing them, showing them, well, you guys think that she is a dog because oh. she's not a Jew, but she has more faith than all of you guys together. Wow. You know, so the whole mindset, the carnal, the flesh of a human who feeds from the dust of the earth which is the food of the serpent. Mm. The snake wow. crawls through the dust and thinks like the dust, like the flesh is about, you know, Jews are better. Jews are divine. And then Christ said, well, who's a real Jew? A Jew is whom walks in the footsteps of Abraham wow. who believed God. And then Paul said the same thing. He said, from all the Jews, there's only a small remnant that will be saved. Wow. And then he said, that entire remnant, all the true Jews, they will be saved. And then people rip it out of context and say, here, he says that all the Jews are saved. No, first in 10 chapters, he explains that only a very few who say they're Israel are Israel. Wow. They are the true vine. And he said, being a Jew has nothing to do with any physical thing. It has everything to do with your heart. If the spirit has circumcised your heart, that makes you a Jew. And that's why he said, Abraham is the father of all who have faith. All yeah, who believe God in the midst of wickedness and perversion. Yes, that's really Those are the sons of Abraham. So John and Paul and even Isaiah made it so clear. He said, and, and Amos and Hosea, all the prophets continually said, and Jeremiah, and they all said, the true Israel is but a remnant. It's those who are humble, those who are contrite in spirit, those who will repent, and those who will return to the Lord. Mm. They are Israel because Israel means Israel means prince of God. The word Israel means the children of God, mm -hmm. his very own kids who are born of God by his spirit. And then you have other people in Israel. You had Pharisees and they said, we are sons of Abraham. 
We are the people of God. We have the promise of the land. And Christ said, you guys are a bunch of vipers and your father is Satan and you are children of hell. Wow. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah. So he said, you are hypocrites, liars, murderers. You oppress everyone for a dime for yourself. You position yourself at the corner of the streets praying so everybody can see you. Oh, Lord, hallelujah. And Christ said, you are a, a, a grave full of dead bones and your heart does not belong to God whatsoever. You're a child of the devil. And that's why you don't accept me, said Christ. So he made a clear distinguishment between the children of darkness who were historically always the religious leaders yeah. and the children of the light yeah. who recognize the truth, who yeah. recognize when the spirit of their father speaks right. because it resonates with their humble heart. Yeah. So the whole mindset of Israel was always Christ is going to be this warlord. Yeah. And that's why Peter swung his sword and he cut off the head of that Roman soldier because now it's, now it's going to happen. We're going to start a revolt, you know? Yes. They, they, they couldn't fathom. They couldn't understand anything that Christ had told them. Right. He had been explaining everything and they were blind and deaf. Yeah. That's why Christ said... You have to first be baptized in the spirit of God, because only when the spirit of God controls you, when you are in surrender to the spirit of mm. the most high God, that's what Proverbs says. Wisdom yeah. and insight comes to those who truly fear God, right. who are humble before him. When the spirit of God comes said Christ, then he will show you what it's all about. Because the kingdom is a spiritual dimension. It's a spiritual reality. It's being born again. You become a new creation in a new earth and a new heaven yeah. that is created by Christ. But it's not physical. It's something far more glorious and beautiful. Right. And the way God started showing that to me was one day my wife and I were walking on a beach in Belgium. And I took out my little Bible not a Bible, but like a tiny book that has a bunch of scriptures in them. And I said, Lord, won't you speak to us through your word? And I opened it and I saw this verse that says, uh, speaks about John in Revelation. And this angel calls him and says, John, come here. I'll show you the new Jerusalem. Mm. And he turns around and he sees the bride of Christ. And suddenly my eyes popped open and it hit me like a hammer. I, I had always thought, you know, I'm not so excited about this new Jerusalem coming down, like this golden cube, thousands of miles, you know, around that's going to sit on the earth, this huge golden skyscraper. We're going to have to use sunglasses to walk on those shiny golden streets. I don't like that. I want nature. I want to ride my horse in a forest, you know. I don't want to be locked up in a golden cube for the rest of my life. For all eternity, you know? So when you think carnal with the flesh, nothing makes any sense. Right. Why would... So I made a drawing like this, This, you know, I'll, I'll show that this is a very powerful visual that can open people's eyes. So when you have the earth and, you know, this is how they told us the earth is, but, you know, I'll just... Uh, I, I won't go there. But this is... 
let me show that. Yeah. So this yeah. is the earth. Oops. Uh, yeah, that's the earth. The New Jerusalem is, is this massive golden cube <laughs> that's going to put on the earth. It's going to tilt the bloody world around. It's going to screw everything. You know, it doesn't make any sense. And suddenly God told me, David, the New Jerusalem is my people yeah. that I'm building worldwide. Right. That's why Paul says, you are a house. You are a house. Build on Christ. And in that house, God dwells. Come on. God is building the city of heaven on the earth in us. We are his dwelling places. We are his houses. Yeah. And then I, I asked God a confirmation. I said, Lord, you have to speak to me. You have to show me if this is true. And God said, go to Elijah list. And in all honesty, you know, I very much like Steve Schultz now because he's one of the very few taking a stand in the pandemic and all the corruption, you know. So I have a lot of, of respect for him. But back then, I didn't think too highly of the Elijah list because... It was always the same prophecies. Revival is going to come. 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 It's like, that's not prophecy, guys. A prophet never says revival is going to come. A prophet comes and he says those things that will cause revival. Yeah, come on. You know, preaching about revival is easy. Yeah. Being there and being a flame of God that brings the people to such conviction that they break out and revival explodes. That's a true prophet. Amen. Yeah. So I didn't think too highly about the Elijah list. So I said, Elijah list, Lord, really? <laughs> and I said, go to Elijah list. Okay? No, I don't believe you. Nope, not going to happen. I don't like that website. Third time, God said, David, go to the Elijah list. Okay. Well, if you insist, I went on there. The prophecy on the homepage was by Sean Bowles. And, you know, the thing is with many prophets they haven't got a clue what they're prophesying about right mm -hmm. in their minds they believe the opposite of what they're prophesying <laughs> exactly i mean he's he's telling people about the end times in the rapture but he's prophesying the exact opposite yeah because he was prophesying god is building his city all yeah, over the earth and i was like oh my god if you are busy building your city on the earth then the whole end time teaching is balloony because there's no way you're going to suddenly destroy everything that you've been creating for 2,000 years. Right. Yeah. You're not building the new Jerusalem on the earth and then say, okay, guys, pull the plug, set it on fire. Uh, you know, it's it's a waste. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. So, But the whole thing is the carnal flesh mind of the serpent that crawls on the earth or being lifted in the spirit by the eagle that yeah. soars in the heavens right. and that sees the dimensions of God and understands what God does and what God says. And so what happened with the Schofield Bible is this. So we have to understand the reason Jude betrayed Christ is because Christ did not set up a, a military political Israel. Oh, wow. That's why Jude betrayed him. That's why Peter betrayed him. Because Peter was expecting Christ, the Messiah, wow. to be this military hero who would restore Israel with power. That's why he was around with his sword all the time. Wow. And that's, and that's why, why Peter denied his, Jesus Christ. Yeah, all his 
his entire expectation crumbled when Christ was arrested. He was like, yeah. I, I thought we were going to take down the Romans. Yeah. yeah. I thought we were going to restore Israel. Now he's arrested. He's going to die by the Romans. Mm. You know, so they had no clue. They didn't understand. Then the Spirit of God came upon them, opened their mind, lifted them up as eagles in the Spirit. Mm. They suddenly saw. Mm. That's why Paul transformed so dramatically. He was a Jew of the best kind. He was a Pharisee. He knew everything about the law and ab about earthly Israel. He was the most fervent Pharisee of them all. He knew the law from the beginning till the end and backwards. And he... and. That's why he killed those Christians. He thought he served God. And then the spirit came upon Paul and he was taken into the heavens. Yeah. And the spirit showed him, Paul, everything you think you know is literal world that Paul used is it's trash. Yeah. Everything you know is trash. Wow. The real Israel, the real Jerusalem, the way God fulfills his promise is not by giving his people a stretch of desert. It's by giving them a heavenly nation that is full of majesty and glory. And Paul said the glory of Moses was so radiant that he had to cover his face. That was nothing, he said, but compared to the glory we have now. And then Paul saw that it's in the spirit, that it's in Christ, that Christ himself is the new Jerusalem. Christ himself is the new Israel. He is everything. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. All God's promises are fulfilled in Christ. Mm. The angels worship Christ. The, demon, the demons fear Christ. That's why Paul was willing to be tortured to death. Because he had seen the mystery of Christ. That everything is about Christ. It's all fulfilled in him. Mm. So that is the message of the spirit of God. That's why God spoke from heaven to John, James and Peter, I believe. On the Mount of Transfiguration where Moses and Elijah, the two representations of the old covenant, came and talked to Christ. And then they vanished. Yeah. They disappeared. And Christ was illuminated and glorified. And he started shining in heavenly majesty. And the father said, listen to him. Forget the old. That's what Isaiah said. Yeah. Forget the old. Look, I'm doing something new. Will you recognize? Will you see it? And it will start like a tiny shoot from the trunk. Israel was a mighty tree. And God said, I'm chopping it down. All that will remain is a, is a trunk. But from that trunk, something new will emerge. A new, a new shoot. And that shoot is Christ. And from him, something completely new will come. And it's all about Christ. That's why John said, the spirit of prophecy speaks about Christ. He testifies about Christ, you know? So the whole message is that God's Israel, God's nation, God's promises, they are fulfilled in Christ. And what, what you said, I'm not afraid or I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, is Paul knew when he was going to say this, he would be killed. Yeah. By all those who 
are carnal in their mind and they want a military political Israel. Oh, Paul, you nasty, vicious anti-Semite. How dare you say this, you Jew hater? You know, there is something very, very, very dark in this idea that we have to have physical Israel. So when Schofield, you have to understand, the elites are essentially, they claim to be Jews. They are not, because a Jew is somebody who walks in the footsteps of Abraham. Right. A Jew is someone who is circumcised by the spirit in his heart. Right. That's why Paul says that we are all Jews. Yeah. We are the descendants of Abraham. Yeah. We are his seed. Yeah. We are the inheritance of the promise yeah. through Christ. Right. Okay. So, but the elites, they have a, a history in ancient Khazaria where they were forced to become Jews. And so they took on Judaism as their religion. And they learned about the whole idea in the, in the Talmud that says that humanity is a bunch of animals. Only Jew is a human because Ezekiel says you humans to the Jews. Mm. So only Jews are human. The rest is, mm. is basically an animal. And that is, you know, the, the essence of the superiority mindset that the elites have, where they think we are better than the rest. Mm -hmm. And so the Rothschilds, and you know, I'm only using them. As an example, there are 13 families, 13 bloodlines, you know, there's a whole, and the head of the snake is in the Vatican, that's a whole different thing. But they misinterpret the Torah and the Talmud, and they see God speak about, I will rule from Israel, mm -hmm. I, will, I will reign from Zion, Israel will be the light for the nations, people will be saved through Israel. They don't understand that Israel is Christ mm. because God said about Israel, I called Israel from Egypt. And then what happened? Christ was called from Egypt to fulfill that and to show I am the firstborn of God. I am the Israel, the prince of God. I'm the son yeah, of God. Really I fulfill his promises. Okay. So, but they have this mindset that they are destined to rule the world mm -hmm. because they are quote unquote Jews. So they want to, that's why the Rothschilds, who are Satanists, they funded Israel and they fulfilled the desire of the zealots of Peter, Simon Peter and Jude. They restored Israel as a political military nation. Okay. But they had to get the support of the Christians for that. There was no way they could pull that off without the Christians on their side. So what did they do? Schofield put 400 footnotes in his Schofield study Bible that all said that the fulfillment of the promises of God are about to happen because Israel is about to be restored. And indeed, several decades later, the same people who published the Schofield Bible, they built a new Israel. So the prophecy was fulfilled. And so they shifted the mind from Christ is the center, Christ is the fulfillment, it's all about Christ, to 
a physical military political Israel yeah. is a fulfillment. And that's what it's all about. And that's what was injected into Christianity. And then the whole mindset follows there where they say, and Jesus will return and reign from Israel. Which goes you know? along with the Jews are still looking for their Messiah, so they don't have a problem yeah. with that. Because like, oh yeah, we'll we'll take another Messiah and 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 rule and reign. And yeah. it is interesting that the initial parts of dispensationalism have no Christians on the earth. It actually just has the Jews reigning and ruling yeah. by themselves with no Christians. The Christians yeah. are gone in some ether, raptured yeah. away. Okay, now they've had to tweak that because some Christians are like, hey, I want to be part of that, right? So no, they, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're going to tweak that 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 part. You know, there's a lot in Schofield that, uh, the Schofield Reference Bible that have just been quietly taken out of the Schofield because it's it too was, fantastical. It, it wouldn't yeah. fly in the church. So yeah. the, And that yeah. was one. And, you know, it's very strange that the idea behind, like, the Left Behind series, Tim LaHaye, um, Hal Lindsey, they um, they believe that one third of the Jews are going to have to be wiped off the face of the planet all over again, uh, where that already happened. You know, yeah. the the punishment that the punishment came on that generation. The Great Tribulation is already over because it was, and maybe you can talk on this. The Great Tribulation was for a specific group of people who denied the who denied the Messiah. Exactly. And that's why John the Baptist said, you know, Isaiah prophesied the tree of Israel will be chopped down. Yeah. And when right before Christ came, John said to the Pharisees, the axe is now mm -hmm. at the root of the tree. And when Christ spoke about judgment is coming, he didn't speak about judgment of the world. He spoke about the judgment of Israel. That was right. what was prophesied. So, but, you know, the, the whole basic thing, if we need to summarize all of this, is that Christ came to restore the children of God to their original creation mandate of yeah. being the sons of God. Yeah. And this, the solution for humanity in our time is not a, a church who waits to be raptured out of here. It is a church who rises up in its authority mm. to be the ambassadors of the Most High God and expel evil. That's wow. basically what it's all about. That's and so they are very clever because they, they want the world to think that their agenda for world domination is Bible prophecy. That's why Bill Gates has this patent 060606. Mm -hmm. That's why they call uh, the United Nations the beast. You know, Th they put all the imagery everywhere yeah. so that mm -hmm. people would think, see, you know, this is Bible prophecy, but the exact opposite is happening. Mm -hmm. We are not in a time where evil is going to rule the world. We are in a time where hundreds of millions of people are waking up. Yeah. And they are resisting evil they are opposing it they are yeah. exposing it yeah. if you read revelation it speaks about the beast who was emperor nero and he was worshipped as a god right and he demanded people to have 
a mark on their head right. or hands right. to enter into the marketplaces so so they could buy or sell in the marketplaces right so but it, it says the whole world worshipped the beast yeah indeed the world in that time was the roman empire yeah and that whole roman empire worshipped nero yeah whose name is literally calculated to 666 yeah so but when people say you know we are in the in the end times now you know the vaccines are the mark of the beast mm -hmm. i'm like no because now we don't see the whole world worshiping one political world leader wow exactly we see the exact opposite yeah. We see the whole world rising Boom. up against Come on. that evil. Yes. It's the exact opposite. On our website, Stop World Control, we have, I think it's already 900 organizations worldwide who are standing up against all the tyranny. That's awesome. So, yeah, guys, it can't be what we what we kind of say is that, you know, the Bible has a lot to teach us on uh, by example. Okay, so that the the vaccine is a type of kind of like a mark of the beast, but it's that's just because Revelation shows us the heart of God that when his people are persecuted, he's going to bring judgment. And then things yeah. just kind of replay themselves out because it's history, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, but it gets better and better as the church keeps get, getting stronger and stronger. So, David, I could keep you all night long. You have brought so much truth. The power of God, the anointing is falling. I hope this goes far and wide. Um, and thank you so much for coming on. I would like if there's a couple questions before well, we go. Before we get to the comments. Okay. Because God yeah. hijacked this show, which he does. Like David said, you can plan a sermon and you can plan and you can make a title and you can bring people for a thing. But if God says, <laughs> actually, this is what I want to bring you, then that's what you go yeah. with. And that's it's, what we've it's done. The, it's the David thing. It's it's what we, it's exactly, it's what we've had to do. He's like, sorry, I should have warned you. No, it's okay. And I loved it. And this was, this has been a phenomenal stream this that I did God not wanted. at all expect. Yeah. But just really, really quickly, and Leah, I don't know if you want to do this, just kind of sum it up real quick. When it comes to, we gave people a couple of different things, and I don't know how fast you can do this, but we talked about the, when, with all of this modern end times theology that mm -hmm. we, that people believe, they put together a rapture mm -hmm. and a seven year tribulation. Right. That was, that's brand new. That right. was never yeah. in existence until the Schofield yeah. Reference Bible. Yeah. And then, um, I want to say one, ahead, quick, one thing really quickly about the rapture. I didn't touch on that yet, but the rapture theology is the most cruel mm. mindset a human can ever have. Wow. It is the most selfish wow. mindset a human can ever have. Wow. It is in every aspect, diametrically, the exact opposite of who God is yes, and who Christ thank you. is. Christ came to give his life to save people. And the rapture says, you just throw the people into the claws of demons and you float safely in heaven. Oh, Christ abandoned the glory of heaven. He abandoned the majesty of heaven to die, to suffer on the earth, to save people. Yes. And the rapture says, 
the exact opposite. That's how you can see that it comes from the darkness where there's no love, where there's no compassion, where there's no mercy. Yeah. It is a selfish, a selfish idea yes. that appeals to the carnal, selfish, uh, sinful nature of people to, to only care about yourself and Ooh. abandon the millions of children that are being abused every year. Abandon the people that are suffering under the cruel oppression of tyrants. Abandon all the people. Betray them. Throw them in hell. And yeah. you just go to heaven. It is the most horrific, the most cruel and yeah. selfish idea a human can ever have and is the exact opposite of who Jesus is. There's two thoughts to this that go along with what you're saying. Number one, the Lord told me that the rapture theology is suicidal because you're saying, I don't want to live out the rest of my life. Just take me. And we know that suicide is the most selfish thing that anybody can do because there's loved ones that you're leaving behind. Number two, I tell people all the time, sorry, Jesus isn't coming back because there's people out there that I got a witness to and I'm going to do it till the day I die. There are yep. until every single person on this entire planet has been totally, completely immersed with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I ain't going anywhere. So exactly. you can't take me. And my brothers yep. and sisters who believe this way, we're not going anywhere because we aren't <laughs> abandoning this ship. I got stuff yep. to do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's so, so this true. is a brand new um theology as of 150 years ago this idea of yep. you're, you're going to suffer for seven years and prior yep. to that you will the, the christians will be raptured out and then the world will go through seven do years do you know of tribulation. where that came from say again do you know where it came from no so it's 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 a very interesting history so there to go back right before darby right at the same side of right same time as darby uh, there was kind of a revival that was happening in 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 Ireland and Scotland, and there was a girl named Margaret MacDonald. And oh, yeah, yeah. so she had this like ecstatic utterance, and she got this prophecy. And what she saw was that the the Christians, those who truly love Christ, now there would be some Christians left behind, they would be raptured into heaven. And then yeah. there were these uh, they were called the Powers Court conferences over in England. Um, and Ladies Power Court put on these prophesying conferences, and Darby shows up with another guy named Edward Irving, and yeah. they're they're both kind of fleshing out this idea and brand quite, new idea, brand new idea to yep. the point where Darby wrote down, "Don't let on what is behind all this because people aren't ready for this because no one believed this because they believed uh, that they were on the cusp of greatness." The Pilgrims had read the Geneva Bible study notes, and they had a historical view that they they believed that they were coming towards the end of the tribulation and that they were entering to the millennium on earth and that they were designed, the Puritans came to America, they thought they were setting up the thousand-year reign. Uh, yep. However you want to look at it, they believed in a victorious future, uh, future where, where the Christians are the body of Christ. Ruling and reigning. Yep. Ruling and reigning. Yep. The founding fathers here in America believed that. Exactly. And and because yeah, the Catholic Church always believed that all of Christianity had a victorious mindset. Yes, That's why right. they came and transformed every nation where they came. Exactly. To the point at the sword at times, probably not the right way to go. Um yeah. 
but that's what they believe. They believe that they were they were supposed to bring Christ into the earth, right? And yeah. so this girl, Margaret McDonald, has this vision, and Darby hears about it, and he's yeah. like, he runs with it, and he begins to flesh out this idea of of diff different dispensations, different times. Yeah. And what's very strange about the way that he has this dispensationalism and and he fleshes this out and Irving fleshes this out. Um, we hear this past 2,000 years is nowhere in the Bible. There's no prophecies. It's only the prophecies. There's some prophecies for Jesus to come in salvation. But basically, the, most of the Gospels, pretty much all the Old Testament, that's for a future Israel or a future thousand-year reign. It's for way off in the future, and that's what you were talking yep. about, and that's what makes it so diabolical. That's what makes it yep. so um, hideous, because those promises, they're as, for and us you for already now. just went through that whole thing yep. for us. We got well, those promises, and, and people are going to be having this, um, this, this, this thing in their brain where it's going to hurt for a while, because everything that David just said, you know it's right in your spirit. And your brain on the back of your brain is like, as you know, some people say, well, now what? Well, what do we have to look forward to? Yeah, exactly. Let <laughs> me, that is the main question. I was once in a meeting where there was this apostle who came and he prophesied over everyone. And he came to me and he prophesied, you are going to write a book uh, that God has been speaking to you for 10 years about a topic. And it was 10 years at that time. And he said, you'll write a book and it will, he said, it will destroy religion off of people That's good. and they will be completely set free. But he said, after reading that book, people will say, now what? Mm. And so now what the answer to that is this. We are not here to be selfish, treacherous, loveless churchgoers. Wow wait to be saved ourselves mm. we are here to do what christ said we are here to first of all understand that god is not there he is here yes. christ is not in heaven he is here yeah. christ dwells with us he makes his abode with us we are his house we are his temple that's the first thing we get to enjoy his presence once we understand that, you know, when people talk about revival, God visited us. How dumb is that? Mm. He dwells with you. He doesn't need to visit you. Yeah. You've, you've simply become a little bit more aware of his presence. That's all. But, uh, you know, it's about enjoying, recognizing, walking in his presence. Yeah. The yeah. second thing is allow him to, to transform you, to yeah. heal you. You know, there's a massive movement worldwide of inner healing and deliverance. Get some inner healing, guys, especially the leaders. Yes. Stop being yes. this wounded person who hurts other people all the time, who has this need to control everybody because you're so wounded inside yeah. from your dad or your mother or at school or your brother that you can't stand when people raise up powerfully because it scares the heck out of you. Yes. Wow. Leaders have to get inner healing. So they yeah. change from woundedness to wholeness. Yeah. So get healing for your whole being. Get healed, humble yourself and receive ministry so you can be restored. Yeah. yeah. The third thing is get 
a vision, start having dreams about the future. What would you like to see happen in this world? Mm. Have dreams for your children, have dreams for yourself. Mm. Have, you know, what, what will happen if, you know, if all the Christians worldwide start dreaming about how they can make this world a better place? Yeah. And start becoming someone who really shines who God is to the people around you yeah. in the reality of your daily life. You know, it's what, what, what now, what do we have to look forward to? We have, we look forward. I look forward. I see a future where righteous, beautiful, healed and transformed people sit in the highest seats. Come on. Media of education where there's no room for transgender ideology, where there's no place for something as vicious as George Soros and Bill Gates buying the, the, the news media, where there are judges so filled with the fear of God that they will punish evil so severely yeah. that evil will, will tremble in fear and will not have a place on the earth because those who rule and reign, they are the representatives of the most high God who say no to bribes, who say no to child abuse and who establish justice in the earth. Yeah. I yeah. see a future where people where you know, where when the cabal is removed and big pharma is removed, there is going to be such blessing such hope and healing there are treasures there's free energy nobody we don't need power poles anywhere that destroy the landscape they are completely redundant there is free energy i am mm -hmm. talking to people who are working on recreating the free energy inventions of nikola tesla mm. that have no using parts that simply use the energy in the ether that God has created. You know, I believe that we are going to experience a time and I have no time frame, but I know that God calls us to imagine what it will be like if the righteous are reigning on the earth. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's yeah, what it's that's about. So God, God wants to, you know, just heal humanity, heal creation. He started the whole process in my life. And I forgot to mention that the whole process of discovering this started when I, I went to a prophetic meeting with an old, an old prophet, you know, and he is very much despised by the church in the Netherlands because he calls out the hypocrisy of the leaders all the time. And uh, so he has small meetings, you know, a few people, no band, nothing big, small, small rooms in, you know, back buildings. In, in, but Jesus speaks so clearly through him. And one day I went to one of his meetings and Jesus told me through that old man, he said, David, I am going to remove your doomsday mentality because I am restoring my creation. Mm -hmm. ah, that's so good. And I want to use you for that as well. Wow. So start studying, investigating the topic of the end times. Mm. Because I will give you a message of hope for yeah. my people. Yeah. That was a prophetic word that started my journey. 
Wow. You know, and, and after that, everything happened that I shared with you guys. No, but that was so like, good. I was shocked. Do I have a doomsday mentality? Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, I actually do. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to restore my creation. I uh, know uh, he said, I am restoring my creation. So I'm like, you know, so that also helps me a lot in the current time where we see evil um, showing its ugly head. I know God told me that he is restoring his creation. Hmm. So if evil is allowed to show itself, it's only so it can be taken down. That's so so it can wake up the people and the people can take action. And I'm working now, I'm talking with so many people worldwide who are working on incredible alternative solutions for energy, for finances, for health, for internet, for, for everything. There are people worldwide who independently all are called by the Spirit of God to start creating foundations yeah. for a completely new world. So we are not experiencing the end of the world, but we are experiencing the end of an era. Oh, the era good. of the rule of the cabal. Come on. Yes. In a way, we are in an end time. Yeah, but not true. the end times yeah. of the scriptures. Right. Because when you look at the scriptures, they're, they're, through history, there are ages. There mm -hmm. are aeons. There are time periods when things happen and then they come to a conclusion. And God then starts a new era where he goes on with his agenda, with his plan of restoration. And so throughout history, there, there will, you know, always be time periods that are finished. And I believe that now, you know, my, my personal impression, understanding is that Satan is defeated mm -hmm. by Christ. But what humanity was left with is people, evil people and a bunch of demons. Mm -hmm. And they have continued the works of Satan. Yeah, they 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 have expanded it underground as the church pushed them out of society. Right. They moved underground and moved their operations behind the scenes. That's right. why they operate from hidden sovereign states like the city of London and Vatican City right. State and Washington uh, D.C. You know, these nobody knows that in those small areas, the rulers of the world are executing their operations. That's true. They have gone behind the scenes, underground, but now they want to come above ground and rule everybody visibly. Yeah, right. And now God says, children, it's time that you shake off this whole doomsday mentality, that you stop being a selfish escapist, that you get the heart of Christ. Yeah. Yes. Who, who is here to heal the world. Cast out evil to deliver humanity. Yeah. So that you walk in your identity. That's what it's all about. That God says, now I am going to reposition. I'm going to remove the wicked leaders and my righteous leaders will fill those, those seats one by one. Amen. All right. But it do, takes character. It takes dedication. Yeah. It takes purity of heart. But those are the true sons of God. And so the whole message, the thing that you guys are doing now is a very significant part of the plan of God to remove the Rothschild and time rapture doctrines from the church and to restore the children of the most high God in their royal mandate. Yeah. Not sit back, but move to the front seats.
you so that me. is so good i love that so much i do have like two one's a question and one's a comment um because i did i do want to pull people pull people in do you have an answer for when does the lake of fire come into play yeah the lake of fire um is ah there are so many interpretations of that mm -hmm. definitely it happened at um 70 AD when Christ judged Israel mm -hmm. because he didn't come to judge the world. He came to judge Israel. Yeah. He came to, to, to end that. So everything that he said, everything that we see in Revelation was about that historic event. Mm -hmm. Now we are in the ongoing, uh, increasing kingdom of God. Mm. Okay. So the lake of fire was just part of everything that was happening then. Jesus said very clearly, everything that's in, uh, that has been written, is fulfilled mm. at during the destruction of Jerusalem. So we have to get our mind around this, that Revelation speaks about a specific event 2,000 years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not about anything that we are about to experience. Yeah. A major question people have is when will we, um, yeah, you know, when will be the resurrection of the dead? Mm-hmm. Well, being dead means being separated from God. Right. Okay. That's why there was grief, tears, and suffering. Mm. Because people went into the realm of the dead where they were separated from God. Not really, because David also said, no one can hide from your presence. You're even in, in Hades. But still, they were waiting to be reunited with God. Yeah. Okay. But Christ said, if you believe in me, you won't go to Hades. You won't die. You won't be separated from God because right. he who believes in me has eternal life. Life means being in unity with God. That's what John said. This is the eternal life that they know you and the son that you sent. Know you means is the same word for sexual intercourse. It mm. means a, an intimate unity. You are one. You are in. You are very close. So when people say when is the resurrection of the dead the resurrection of the dead was also back then because now we don't die we don't we will never be separated from the presence of our father when our physical bodies stop functioning we just keep living in our glorified bodies that we are clothed with already uh, in christ so we will never be separated from god we just enter more of his presence mm. okay so the whole idea that you know but I can keep talking. You go ahead. <laughs> no, and then somebody is trying to compare the you know, the seven-year tribulation to a Jewish wedding. The groom pays the price for the bride. The bride is set apart. The groom returns for his father's house to his father's house. The separation proves loyalty. The groom returns. The bride and the groom go to the father's house for seven days. The bride undergoes ritual cleansing. The wedding ceremony, the consummation, the pair emerge unveiled before for a feast they're trying to say that the wedding feast has not happened yet the wedding feast did happen the wedding feast i mean we are married to christ exactly he's our he's our beloved we don't wait to be married with him are we engaged to christ is christ no. our fiance oh we, <laughs> exactly <laughs> and that's all the same thing this spirit it's a spirit of delay yeah. Who always wants to postpone everything, always move it out, move it in front of you. 
You're not married yet. You don't rule and reign yet. This has not happened yet. Christ said you can only see it by the Spirit of God. Right. right. It's when you truly, you know, when I started sharing this, God spoke to me and he said, David, the people who truly live in my spirit, they are the ones who will recognize it. Mm. Because it's a spiritual thing. You know, I share my life with Christ. He's everything to me. He lives with me. You know, that's a marriage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Somebody's saying that that's a we're in a betrothal to Christ right now. It's the same as what? marriage. A betrothal that you know how Mary was betrothed to. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's a more of a betrothal because it's kind of like a marriage. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Those are comments from people who don't experience what they can experience right. when they really totally surrender. Yeah. When you really have this true surrender to him, then, then you will experience his love and his presence. And then you'll know, yes, I'm married to so him. So I have proof that we are married to Christ and the marriage consummation has already happened. And that's because we bear fruit. Mm. Yeah. We True. cannot bear fruit with our marriage with yeah. Christ and have children and have exactly. children yeah. in it, spiritual children and bring people to him without yeah. being married to him. That's why the visual of, of being married to Christ is so perfect because why did God bring two together as one to bring exactly. about a godly seed? The body of Christ cannot bring about a godly seed unless she is married to Christ. Yeah, exactly. and the marriage to Christ yeah. is the same as being sons to the Father. We have exactly. our inheritance now. It's the yeah. same. It's the same analogy, right? You can't yeah. have one without the other. You can't have a consummated marriage with Christ that we are one. Okay, with Christ, the body of Christ. We are now the body of Christ. So the same person yeah. and and Christic every week. You know, sometimes this happens, and I call out your comments. I'm so glad that you're here, and please don't feel like I'm. But you're leaving a lot of comments, so we're going to read them out loud. Um, Mary had a child before the ceremony. It happened during her betrothal. We are not the virgin bride of Christ. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're just yeah, not. We're not the virgin Mary. No, no. That was you a know, one time the, deal. The exactly. The first Christians. They were fiancés, so to speak. Yeah. All the apostles wrote to the first Christians with basically one message. Hold on. Persevere. Yeah. yeah. Don't give up. Keep your faith because Christ will return any moment now. Right. He's at the door, said James. Mm -hmm. All said, the, the night is almost gone. The day is already dawning. Come on. Yeah. You know, um... We are in the last hour, said John. All the apostles, they knew. You know, when we talk about the last days or the end times, the last days were the last days of the old covenant. Yeah. Exactly. Of the dark night of the old covenant, where God was distant, where people were orphans, where yeah. they had to wait for the Messiah, they had to wait for God to come. And all the apostles said was, hold on. Yeah, he yeah. come very soon. And the book of Revelation was written with this purpose to encourage the first churches to hold on during the persecution they would experience from the hands of the Jews who yeah. were raging against this kingdom of God because they wanted to their own military Israel. 
Yeah. They were the zealots, you know, and that was God's judgment over them. He said, you don't, you, you reject your king, your savior, your Messiah, because you want a military Israel. Okay, have your way. Start your military Israel. Yeah. And that initiated the, the judgment of God that came through the Romans that completely destroyed Israel. Amen. Because the Romans went through the entire Roman Empire and crushed the Jewish revolt all over the Roman, the Roman Empire. And that was the great tribulation. That was the time of testing that the whole world would go through. Amen. The whole world in those days was the Roman Empire. You know, that's what Paul said. A great falling away will happen. No, that Greek word is not falling away. The Greek word is a great revolt. He said a great revolt will occur. So there would come a very dark time for the Roman Empire because Jews all throughout the empire would rise up yeah, to yeah. establish a military Israel that would cast off the yoke of the Romans. Yeah. But it destroyed themselves as a judgment of God because they... And what is so fascinating is that during those times, and I explained that in my teaching on the website godisreal.today slash return, I explained that and I showed the historical quotes that literally uh, uh, say that Christ appeared in the clouds and that chariots, fiery chariots of angel warriors were seen all throughout Israel, all over in the clouds. And that all the signs that are prophesied in Matthew 24, they all happened during that time, just as Christ had said. So what was the website? Is doing what is the website again? God is real for today? No, God is real dot today okay. slash return. Okay. Is real dot today slash return. Slash return. And that is an in-depth study that shows how Christ indeed came. And one last thing I want to say that will shock people, that will help us to wake up, is that how it started was through a demonic vision. Mm -hmm. John Darby witnessed that. He picked that up and he expanded on it. Yeah. From that time on, there was an, a tsunami of demonic visions mm -hmm. and demonic prophecies. And it is because this is from the dark realm. Yeah. You know, it is injected by Satanists. Yeah. There have, you know, from that time on, there have been millions of false prophecies. Exactly. Spread throughout Christianity. And yes. they have made the evangelical church to the number one false prophet in all of human history. Absolutely. Wow. No, no entity. Right. Yeah. Nobody ever has uttered so many false prophecies every, any time in history as the evangelical church and they yeah. never repent from them they yeah. just keep going right. they prophesy it will happen in 1971 it didn't happen they prophesy it's going to happen in 1972 it doesn't happen and they keep going until this day what they and don't know is they're doing the same thing that seven day adventists did the the church of the latter-day saints all of that happened this is all happening at the same time in the 1850s um where you had Joseph Smith, who started the Mormons, he was a false prophet, and he the Mormonism is totally based on this premillennial 
uh, dispensationalism, theology, the same kind of theology. He grabbed it and ran with it. I want to just basic, basic, give this to you guys, the left behind series theology. Because when you say premillennial, or when you say um, dispensationalism and you say all those words, people are just now starting to learn what those mean for like everyday man's language. When Leah's talking about it, she means the left behind series theology. Right. Okay. So that. That theology that you have with the seven-year tribulation and a rapture, it's never been before in church history that with the two together. You will never find anywhere in the Bible where you have, and this would need to be pretty plain, a rapture and a seven-year tribulation together. You don't have no. it. In Matthew 24, no. Jesus lays it all out very simply. He says, this gen- it's going to happen to this generation. He says, what will be the signs? And he gives all the signs, and all those things were fulfilled. But at that time in the 1500s, the, 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 the church, um, the Seventh-day Adventists, they were... It was like the four, the 1840s, and they thought it was going to be 1844, so everybody sold everything, right? And then they were so disappointed, yeah. and they're like, no, I, re- I, I miscalculated the numbers. So let me recalculate <laughs> the numbers, and then yeah. it's going to be in this year. And let me recalculate yeah. the numbers. And they've been recalculating the numbers for 150 years, guys. And remember, yeah. this yeah. theology started in the 1850s with, with people saying then, the, it's the imminent return. And then yeah. in the 1920s and 30s, it's the imminent return. And then in yeah. the 50s and 60s, it's the imminent the return. It's going to be my and generation. Is, yeah. And it is the most destructive thing ever. Because if you look at this time, the house of prayer in Kansas City, you know, they, yeah, they, yeah. they, I hope they have invented this term, um, a missionary intercessor okay. who prays and worships day and night until Christ returns. Oh, it draws crowds. You know, M- M- Mike Bickle has written this book, Passion uh, of for Jesus. It has ignited a religious spirit in, in youth all over the world who come to the house, uh, to the house of prayer, and they are brainwashed with false prophecies. They waste years of their their youth. They don't go to college. They don't prepare for real world. They 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 just go there with the idea that Christ is going to return any moment now, and I'm going to be Mary who worship and praise day and night until He comes. And then He doesn't come. Years go by, completely disillusioned. They have to go back in society, and they can't get a job because they haven't prepared. Yeah. And the same happens with pastors all over the world who yeah. don't prepare for their retirement. I've talked to so many Christian leaders who are devastated. They end their life. They have nothing yeah. because they have been following false prophecies their entire life. Yeah. There are countless children, pastors, children who left the Lord because of this destructive, diabolical, satanic yeah. doctrine that they witnessed with their parents. They saw how it made their parents completely nuts. Their parents had no attention for their children. They had no dreams and visions for their children. Right. They had they 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 thought we're gonna be raptured any moment, any moment, any moment, any moment. And they completely disregarded their children and they left the Lord because they saw all the lunacy and all the di- all the complete and utter disillusionment from yeah. it. You know, Christ said you recognize a tree by its fruit. If it bears bad fruit, then it's a bad tree. Yeah. The fruit of this doctrine is the most devastating 
fruit yeah. that has ever happened to Christianity. And, and let's be clear of what we're talking about with this rapture. This is what this is a secret rapture that's nowhere. You can't find it in the Bible. You have to have several different comings. And this is what people don't understand about what they believe. And I, if I've said for the past three years that we've been really um, teaching this out in the open, you need to know what you believe. Because in order to believe the things that you believe in the Left Behind theory, series theology, you have to believe what Lee is about to tell you. Mm -hmm. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so when when you look at the the rapture and the th the seven year tribulation this is what you're what people are thinking of is a secret rapture and many dispensationalists and Imers don't actually believe in this rapture beforehand because it, it there's no you can't you have to make it up because what exactly. you have to even yeah. if i go with you that let's say jesus is coming back and all this is the second coming there's no two comings Okay, exactly. so the, yeah. the, if you're going to take the, the, the Thessalonians, I can never say that. First Thessalonians chapter four. Scripture as yeah. the coming together and the gathering together to meet him in the air. That's when they were all coming up with these ideas. Like it's going to be about like 45 days. I think it's, and that was one of those Darby things. They were thinking and Irving like, well, maybe it's just 45 days. And then, and so you have to have a coming. You have to have two different comings. So he's got to come yeah. and rapture your church. And then he has yeah. to come and set up his kingdom. And so, so all of the, the, this, this, it's what is called as a secret rapture where nobody yeah. sees it. It's it. And that is brand new. That has never been ever, yeah. ever, ever part of the church where there would be a secret rapture that yeah. is, is not in, nowhere in the Bible, really, where you don't see yeah. Jesus coming on the yeah. clouds. Yeah. You don't yeah. see, he's not, because remember guys in the pre-trib rapture. Okay. We can, we can talk to the post-trib raptures, whatever, but in the pre-trib raptures, you do not see Jesus coming on the clouds. It's just all of a sudden we gone, right? Yeah. That's literally, yeah. you can't do any kind again, of mental gymnastics for that in the Bible. No, because yeah, it says it, we will meet him together in the air. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. That, and, and we can tell you guys later what that means. It's a triumphant us meeting Christ in 8070, what I believe, um, as he's coming down to judge Israel, uh, judge Jerusalem. But that that's a secret rapture. You don't have, a, you, it, there is no secret rapture in the Bible where it's no exactly. come, no, yeah. no, no appearance yeah. of Jesus. Yeah, you know, it's all made up. It's all made up and it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. And after I first came to Christ, I started doing, um, how do you call it in English? Um, a Bible study by mail. Correspondence, Bible correspondence. A correspondence Bible study, yeah. And I got all these, these booklets with different topics. And then I got, I came to the topic Bible prophecy and I was just a new convert. I had just encountered God, you know, and I was going through that Bible prophecy study and I looked at it and I said, this doesn't make any sense. This is not right. right. And I actually, I actually wrote a comment on that and I said, but the scripture says this and you guys give this explanation which is completely different. This is not right. And I sent it back to them. And then they stopped the course. They, they, you know, but so it doesn't make any sense. And I've, I hear this over and over and over from people who have a genuine, a very real conversion experience that when they come to this topic, they think this is so weird. It doesn't make any sense, yeah. you yeah. know? And it's, it, it's just, it's just mumbly bumbly. It's, and, if you talk to Christians, 
everyone who has been fooled by this doctrine, they haven't got a clue what they really believe. They all have a cocktail, a yeah. cocktail of several theologies. Exactly. Bits and pieces. It's a cocktail of bits and pieces. They are confused yes. in their mind like no one else. They haven't got a clue what they're talking about. They haven't got a clue what they believe. You know, they have never thought about it. I had never thought about it. Yeah. When I believed Christ is going to return and he's going to sit in the temple in Israel. Yeah. Goodness gracious, that means that you're going to have to stand in a queue for days. Yeah. Be like the Muslims you will never who, get to talk who go to on a pilgrim. Yeah, You'll who go on a pilgrim. No, no, he'll just be there. Hi, Jesus. I traveled uh, yeah, the whole day yeah. to, to be here. Right. Behind you, there'll be five million people. Move on, please. Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. it's 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 such a, and then the whole idea of a physical rapture, it gets very hilarious when you start right. thinking about it. Yeah. You know, the the idea they're they're talking about that they will fly through the sky and they will meet Jesus in the clouds physically. Right. right. I've been telling people, you better get a really warm jacket, guys. Because it's freezing cold no, out no, there. Hey, no, your clothes stay behind. I've seen the Left Behind movies. Your clothes, your clothes stay behind. Make so sure you've got they, clean they underwear have on because make... someone's going to have to pick that pile up. Yeah, so they they have to put a warm jacket on their roof so that if they shoot through the roof, they go in their jacket. Otherwise, you're going to freeze to death. And then, okay, so Christ is going to appear physically. It's it's all physical. And, uh, you know, it's physical. You know, not spiritualizing. It's physical. Okay, it's physical. Right. So there are about 2 billion Christians. Imagine 2 billion Christians. Christ is on one spot in the clouds. A lot of people are going to be traveling for hours through the sky before they meet Christ. Okay. Then there's going to be this this crowd around him. They won't even see him. Yeah. If you have two billion people around Jesus in the in the sky, Guys. you know it's such a ridiculous and idea. It's a, it's a, here, here's the thing, and and my mom's in the chat telling me, okay, we got to wrap it up because it's been three hours, but um, it's <laughs> yeah. been it's gone by really fast. Um, Christy and I love. I'm so, please don't ever stop coming in the chat because I your comments spur me on and they make me excited. Um, and so forgive me if I face palmed at when I was reading your comment. You're like, at what point in 70 AD did we get caught up together with those risen and meet them in the clouds to always be with the Lord? That's a childish way to argue for or against a point. It's figurative. It is spiritual. It's not yeah. literal. And, and throughout the entire Old Testament, consistently god speaks to his people figuratively yeah. it's not it's language it's it's and and so it's not guys it's not a literal it's not literal it's just not literal i don't and know how else to say we, we don't and it's also to... wrongly translated yeah you know when we read these words in the greek or actually we should go back to the aramic but peter said about paul his letters are very hard to understand because Paul is a very spiritual person. Right. So that's exactly what you're saying. When So we read an English translation of something that, what was Paul talking about? When you read it in the original language, then what he said was basically this. When Christ comes, then finally we will be united with him. Yes. Yeah. 
we will be one with him. We will meet him. And when he says we'll meet him in the sky, he uses the same Greek word which he uses in Ephesians 6, where he speaks about the, 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 the sky where the demons are. It speaks about the spiritual dimensions. Yes. So Paul says we will encounter him in the spiritual dimensions and we will forever be with him. Amen. It's, it's about the fulfillment of all the prophecies in the Old Testament where God said, I will come and I will dwell with you. And they had the Holy Spirit to comfort yeah. them while they were waiting. Then when Christ would come, they would be reunited with him yes. and they would be forever with Is, him. Let me ask you this question. Is Christ a little, a little figurative Jesus like the movie Men in Black living in your heart? No. It's spiritual. He is spiritually well, living inside of with you. With the dead rising, and this is something that we'll probably we'll get into in another show. So don't worry. We have We're going to cover all this stuff, um, guys. You have to recognize that there was a whole host of anticipating Jews and Israelites and Hebrews that had to had to go to heaven sometime. Yes, they they were waiting mm -hmm. in Abram's bosom. They were not. They they were waiting. They were yeah. they, they were not seated and in heavenly places because nobody could be seated in heavenly places yet because Jesus had to make a way. He says he says to the disciples, "Hey, I'm I'm going to go do a renovation. I'm making a way for you and your family." You know, he says to um, well, speaking of seating with him in heavenly places, are we physic? I'm in my basement. I'm not exactly. physically seated with him in heavenly places, but spiritually, yeah. I am. It's, so it's not yeah. even figurative. Throw that word out. It's just, yeah. it's spiritual, guys. Yeah. It's spiritual. Yeah. And that's why Peter said the only way to interpret the scriptures is by the spirit, he says, because it is said by the spirit. Yes. These are spiritual matters. And it comes back to what Christ said only when the spirit shows you. I mean, even the disciples didn't understand any of this. So I say to people, if you don't understand something, you know, as the Holy Spirit. Come on. He's the teacher. Good. He will show you. He will show you. You know, we have, there was only one thing that I knew when I started out on this journey. I knew one thing. God has always been speaking to me about his presence. It's all about him being with us. That's his plan. That's his desire. That's what everything's about. That's what empowers us. That's what this world needs. People yeah. who walk and dwell in his presence. Yeah. Who come don't on. think, Lord, will you come to me? No, who say, Lord, open my mm. eyes. The fact that mm. you are here. And when I pray, I, I used to strive in prayer. Lord, I want to be with you. And the moment I, st I stopped that and I said, I relaxed and I said, oh, Lord, it's so amazing that you are here. And I really, you know... Thank you that you are here. Yes. His presence. I start feeling his presence like, oh my God, you really respond to that. Wow. Come that on. You are truly here. You know? Yes. You are you here. You are here. That's so good. That's a good note to end on. Well, I wanted to say and finish my thought. I did on, cut you off. I'm yeah, sorry. When it came to Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, mm -hmm. um, Martha came to him and they both said, well, both Martha and Mary, if you had been here, then Lazarus wouldn't have died. And Jesus says to, um, to Martha, you know, he's going to live again. You know, basically I got to get my, my quotes yeah. all mixed up because my computer died on me, but yeah, he's only sleeping. Yeah. He says he's only sleeping. He says, and then Martha says, 
I know he will rise again at the resurrection. And Jesus says something and it blew my mind. And when you understand this, he goes, I I am the resurrection. resurrection. You don't understand guys. I know it's going to be this bodily resurrection and it's going to be fantastic. And my, my, my brother will rise again. And he's like, I'm here, baby. I am the resurrection. And he, and, and, and we know this because he says, the the first the the second death can't touch any of us. Exactly. We've all already here's the here's the cool thing. This is how you spread the gospel. If you die now, you don't have to die later. <laughs> but if you right. don't die now, you're dying later. Okay. So yeah. when we have died with Christ, we all have to die at some point. We choose to die with Christ now. To and we are now risen with Christ. Now we are seated in heavenly places. When I die, I don't die. Okay. I live forever. The second death has no hold on me. And that's what people need to understand. When I, when Jesus, when they, they, they had the wrong impression on the resurrection, just like they had the wrong impression on setting up the kingdom. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's all a misunderstanding. It's all carnal, fleshly, earthly thinking. And, you know, I also want to say to people for whom this is new that, you know, it's okay to have questions. Yeah. uh, But don't let something that you don't understand yet keep you from entering in that which you do understand. Mm, mm. A good example is that uh, I I, I don't know how the, the engine of my car works. I'm not a mechanic, but I know the car drives. Mm. So I get in and I drive the car. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who refuse to enter into the presence of God, enter yeah. into the promises that are fulfilled in Christ, yeah. enter into the kingdom that Christ has established because they don't know how this little thing works. Mm-hmm. That's as silly as saying, I'm not going to get into that airplane mm. because I don't understand how these 500 little buttons work. Uh Right. right. No, it doesn't work that way. Right. Christ said, you come as a child. Yeah. Yeah. Enter the kingdom as a child. And then as you grow, the spirit answers questions that need to be answered. That's so good. Um, There are so um, many questions that, you know, so many people ask me, so what about the thousand year reign? I don't know. I don't care. It's behind me. Right. No. Why would I bother about, you know, there are things that I personally need to enter into this relationship with the Father. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit will explain to me. But we have to shift from our mind to our yeah. heart. Yeah. Oh, that's so And just good. say, Lord, I understand Christ came. He established his kingdom. Yes. And, you know, I've written a book and I'm hoping that it will, you know. I hope it's out very soon yeah. as well. It that's answers good. the vast majority of we questions that people really need hopefully this will be a catalyst for you to do that yeah. um for our viewers know that tomorrow is mom's birthday if our guys, mom is our in mom the chat. patriot gallery if you guys want to send her a letter you still can p.o box 107 milford ohio 45150 all she really wants is for people to watch her latest blog that is on rumble <laughs> so she does <laughs> our mom does videos too so go watch patriot what well, do you know what it's called i'm gonna look at it up right now and then david before you go and like i said we could talk all night and we will have you back on. we will definitely have you back on especially if you get something special from the lord that you want to give um would you end us in prayer and just yeah. help people to understand things? You, did you get the link? 
Um, I, she, I think she's just written it. I don't know that she's recorded it yet. Okay, so, we'll so to, go it, to be um, upcoming. Isaiah58ministries.com. .blogspot.com. Oh, thank you. Dot .blogspot.com. It's a blogspot. Okay. Yeah. All right. Would you pray? Would you pray for us? Yeah. Father, I thank you that you are so good and so kind and so faithful and so loving. Thank you, Lord, that you are such a wonderful, wonderful father. Thank you, Lord, that you are here with us and that you care about us, Father. You understand us. You feel for us. I pray, Lord, that you will truly open our mind, our yes. spirit, our heart. I pray, Father, at this moment that you remove the blindfold from your beloved children mm -hmm. that has been placed on all of us by the enemy. Yes. The enemy who wants to blind our eyes for your goodness, for your truth, for your presence, for everything you have for us, Lord, for your glory, your calling. I pray, Holy Spirit, what Paul prayed for the Ephesians. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you open the eyes of our hearts. Yes, Lord. That we will see the incredible power, the incredible riches that are in Christ, who was raised from the dead. I pray, Father, also for myself and for these amazing ladies, Father, and for all the people worldwide who are beginning. Father, we're only just starting to understand this. We're only just starting to enter into what Christ actually accomplished for us. That which is so glorious that Paul said it's far more glorious than Moses' face that was shining so bright that he had to cover it. Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth, Spirit of revelation, I ask you, work in us. Open our heart, open our mind to see, to understand, to behold, so that we can really be transformed completely by understanding who you are. I pray, Lord, that you will pour out an incredible desire over your people worldwide to know you and to know the truth. I pray that you pour out a hunger, a hunger of desperation, an incredible unspeakable and unquenchable longing to know you as you truly are yes. because that's what this is all about this is all about knowing who you truly are father i pray that you give us a hunger that will never die so we will seek and seek to really know you as you are and i pray that this will happen over your people worldwide that an amazing awakening will be ignited all over the world with leaders and, and, you know, people all over the world that will suddenly be flooded, be compelled by a desire, a hunger so deep that they will cast off all fear and all everything that hinders them. And they will run to know you better than anything else. Yes. Because that's what's keeping people. They have no hunger for you. They're satisfied with their false deceptions and their doctrines and their church. They have no longing or desire for you. They think that all is well. I pray that you ignite a desire all over the world that will wake up your people. Because when the people are hungry for you, they will seek for you. And then the Spirit of God will answer their call. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So good. Thank you, David. Yeah. This has been amazing. You brought the power. You brought the anointing. And where can they find you? Is uh, stopworldcontrol.com and uh, a good place to follow you? Yeah, stopworldcontrol.com. I also have, uh, for people who understand this, I have uh, the World Freedom Prayer on stopworldcontrol.com. If they go to save the world, 
you know, if they go to, um, yeah, you know, in the menu, there is. So I'm going to pull it up right yeah. now so they can see yeah. it. So if they click on that. Got it. Yeah. Then they can go to save the world and there is world freedom prayer. Oh, there wow. I want to, I want to teach Christians, the sons and daughters of the most high God okay. to take authority over awesome. the powers of darkness in this world and to not pray from a position of, you know, of defeat and despair, but declare in the spirit realm, the Perfect. judgment of God over the darkness That's to awesome. really rise up as an army of intercessors and prayer warriors and prophets that will really say no against evil and, you know, be effective in their yes. spiritual warfare. Wow. Okay, that's an that's amazing so resource. Good. Oh, I love that. Thank you for that. And as a reminder Ooh. to everybody that's that's watching, you know that um, we're we're only together with David because of our friend Corey Gray. I want you to get his book that's already out, Born Again as Kings. You can get it on Amazon by Corey Gray. It's it's life changing book. It will answer a lot of questions and get you down this path. It's a, it's a huge huge yeah. resource. And when David gets his book out. Soon. We'll be pushing that too. Yep. And remember, Spiro Pictures is doing 20 minutes of Revelation. So subscribe to Spiro Pictures. Corey and Serge and Jason are doing the Kingdom Roundtable every Monday on the King Kingdom Roundtable Rumble channel. Breakaway Kingdom Hub has is putting out content. So there's a whole host of resources that I have added to the Revelation Red Pill Academy slash Wednesdays tab on resistancechicks.com. <clears throat> I worked on that this morning so that you guys have all of this stuff. I'm going to add David's uh, Stop World Control to that page as well so that you guys can understand that we've got a network that God is pulling together these amazing men and women of God that are putting this message out. So David, thank you so much for coming on our show. This is not the last time that we will have you on Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays not. for sure. Yeah, well, I'm really amazed by uh, you girls. So uh, I'm honored to be here. And I'm excited to see what the Holy Spirit is doing. It's 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 awesome. It's pretty exciting. It is very exciting. Amen. All right, you guys, we will see you next Wednesday on Revelation Red Pill Academy. We're gonna have Serge and Jason and Corey back on to finish Matthew 24 and then go into Matthew 25, which is gonna be really exciting. So do not miss that. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's actually the truth. We love you, God loves you, God bless, and we will see you next time. Thanks again, David. Bye-bye. Okay, good. Yeah, just... <laughs>